He's a serial killer. <laughs> okay, last time we talked to Nick, he's he's been in uh, Arizona and he's been in South Florida. Where exactly are you now, Nick? Uh, I'm in, I'm in the freaking, I'm almost to Canada. Almost and, to Canada. Yeah, and I have no service of any kind around here, so I had to drive like close to civilization to get a signal of some sort. And I'll tell you what, your signals are very good because you're you're all uh, like like pixelized and fucked up and shit. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're good. It's fine. It's whatever. But you know what I gotta say? There's a close up of uh, Seth Gamble. How's that? <laughs> I just I just giving you the uh, giving you the giving you a tour for all <laughs> for, of my for crotch. All, for all the girls who are watching, this has got to be a fucking fantasy of all you. <laughs> He's out there. I mean, let's be honest, all right? Take myself out of the fucking equation. I feel so uncomfortable around you fuckers. But you got fucking Nick Manning dropping loads extraordinaire right there. Over to the right, fucking Seth Gamble, whatever your catchphrase is. This fucking guy's rolling the bones. <laughs> I actually I actually hashtag that in a tweet I posted about tonight. Bro, yeah, here's, we'll start right off into it. Let's so... Seth's living at my house. Yeah. <laughs> Dale's living at my house. Dale, the great Dale the Bone, who set this all up, by the way. Yeah, called okay. me up with a, hey, hey, nice and Nick, man. Oh, I just got a phone with Seth, man. G- G- Gamble wants to be on a podcast. Uh, I go, all right, uh, give me his number. I'll call him right up. So, but anyway, so we're all standing around the kitchen, and Dale's like, man, Hey, you got to do something with a catchphrase like, man, he's got that drop and load, man. <laughs> and my thing is I got them pretty blue eyes. I stare right at the girl's eyes, man. He goes, you need something like that, Seth. He goes, well, uh, you got the last name Gamble. Do something like rolling the bones. <laughs> and Seth's I had like, to take the thought out of it. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I don't know that they're going to get it. What do you mean they ain't going to get it, man? Or gamble, rolling the bones. like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you know, I was I was actually just thinking. Uh, I was like, man, when's the first? When did I meet I say, Nick? I say, Seth. Huh? Look at the phone. You're you're not even near. Yeah, me. you're you're over in the fucking cheap seats. All right. <laughs> yeah, Is that better? Yes, a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, let me try to. Yeah, right, I need I need a stand or some shit. Um, no, I remember I remember I was thinking like, when did the first time I meet I meet Nick? And I I met Nick on. Um, on a, I think it was a Bluebird set. Uh, it was the first that we were shooting for this company called Bluebird, and uh, this was before Batfucks, by the way. This was like a previous uh, time, and uh, he, I was like, I, I was like, I knew Dale and all these guys he knew, and I was like, hey man, I know these guys, and like um, I knew them from when I first got in, and you know, uh, obviously I'm I'm an admirer of uh, the Nick Manning brand. And uh, <laughs> and Manning like, Nation, Manning run a wild. So he's like, he's like, all right, man, why don't you uh come with me to uh, let's go to Millie's? 
Remember, remember Millie's? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, they got, they got a, they got a ten ninety nine steak that you'll die for. I never again that shit. Hey, Seth, he mentioned uh, uh, that, that Millie's when we had down the bone. Is that where you like everybody? You're like, bro, I, you know me. I like steak and eggs. Like I eat <laughs> steak and eggs like every fucking day. Right. <laughs> yeah, <me> so <laughs> I, I found this place called Millie's and it's like and I in the documentary. I talk about how shitty the fucking uh, steak and eggs is at Denny's. I'm like, it's not even the right color. It tastes like it's like a, an alien steak. So, I, this place, Millie's, like, has a really nice steak. I like my eggs sunny side up or hard-boiled. And most of the time, I get cottage cheese and fruit. Sometimes <laughs> I'll have the toast and the hash browns. So, dude, I went to Millie's every day about the same time, as long as I wasn't on set, for, like, five years straight. To the point where when I'd pull up in my jag in the fucking parking lot, they'd start bringing the food to my table. Like, I had my own table there, right? <laughs> so, of course, this guy was like, we're going to go grab some lunch. I'm going to take him to fucking Millie's. That's <laughs> crazy. So, you, I, so, Seth, you lived at Manning Manor? I did. I actually lived there before, uh, before Dale ever came. I actually moved in. Um, I was actually living with this girl, Lindsay Meadows. And I don't know what it was like me and Nick just like we had that lunch and we became like cool immediately. And he's like, you should move in. I have an extra room and like it'll be fun. Like it's cool, man. It's a it's a it's a fun place. And uh, we were discussing doing this. He's like, you know, you kind of remind me of a younger me. We should do this movie called Cave Manning. And <laughs> I swear to God, and yeah, play, I remember this. And you'll play the younger me. And I was like. <laughs> I think that would be like a dream. <laughs> like, it was like I was like, yo, we discussed this for like years. It just we don't. It, it didn't end up coming to fruition, but it was serious. And then the first time we worked together, it was probably one of the most interesting stories because uh, he was actually. I'm actually playing Batman coming up in a movie, and he oh, played really? Batman. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing Batman. <laughs> so, so you're uh, playing a young Nick Manning then? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, <laughs> and. Uh, so we were in this movie for Bluebird called Batfucks, and it was like this 15-person orgy, and I'm a clown, and he's playing Batman. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like working out. And it, I swear to God, this happened. So we're like in the middle of the scene. It was like a great cast, like great girls. It was, it was well casted. It was a very expensive scene. And the owner of the company was this like very – interesting guy would be the best way i'd explain him without being yeah. offensive right. and, uh, and uh, but he played the joker i just played a random clown and like the girls did not like he kept trying to fuck all the girls and they were like just coming to me and nick but nick was doing his like nick manning in the batman outfit so he was like going off and like i'm i'm a, I'm a solid performer so like i don't really like you know go down during a the process, but it was like throwing me off a little bit because I'm standing right next to him, getting him. So I had to start screaming out crazy shit too, just to keep my dick hard. And then he cuts the entire set. Like Nick's like, cut, cut. 
Don't be using my shit, Gamble. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, oh, sorry, man. I'm just trying to keep it going here. Like, I don't know what to do. Hey, guys, so you were you were intimidating. You were uh, intimidate, like uh, mimicking Nick Manning. While Dick Manning was the star of this bad fucks, is what you were doing. I, I was trying to keep my dick hard in orgy, bro. <laughs> it's just like... so, so hang on, I just gotta get this straight. So Nick Manning kept your dick hard. It wasn't the hot chicks. <laughs> yes, it was exactly, the- exactly. It was. It was. Oh, it was all this shit. And then like this orgy <laughs> was so fucking weird because like it was very weird. All the shit. None of the chicks wanted to work with like any the, the of the guy. other guys. So like. All the I, you can only fuck have so many girls, and the other guys are just standing there. So like, I remember Madeline Marie was Catwoman, and she mm-hmm. comes running up and like grabs onto my leg, and she's like, "Please!" T-. Like there was a set where there was like a window, like by a skyscraper, and she's like, "Just take me over there because I don't want to be by the Joker." And then no, this the other chick, thing, Jenny man. Hendricks, was yep. fucking Seth, and they wanted her to fuck somebody else too, and she's like. Well, the only one I'll fuck out all these people is Manning. So, like, then she's pulling me over there. And, like, I got this fucking rubber suit on, right? So, like, I lean over her. And there's this other girl uh, that was playing uh, Batgirl. Uh, uh, I know it was. I remember yeah. Ma- Hendrix, Katie Cox, Madeline Marie. Oh, man, who else was it? There I can't was a, remember there was who like was the bad girl. Whatever. So, anyway, I lean over to fuck them. And, like... <laughs> All this fucking flood of sweat comes out of the mask, like out the nose, like somebody <laughs> held a sprinkling can over her. And like, I look at the cameraman, I look at the, I look at Seth, he's like shaking his head. I look at the fucking girl and she's like drowning. And I'm just like, oh well, fuck it. So but it, it was crazy. It was crazy. They just kept, it's funny because it was like, there were like five dudes and like, <laughs> 10 girls and they just kept running to me and Nick and it was just like and like we're like we only are one like I mean we're good but it was crazy because I was like throwing them to him and he was throwing them back to me and he's like I'm like yo what is happening here and like mind you I've seen this movie because Nick sent it to me I gotta watch it again now because I now that I know all this backstory shit I gotta see this thing again well honestly Mo if you want you watch it like they did that's such awesome. a good job in the editing that you wouldn't you even notice that. Yeah. But that's oh. why I say that the twenty four alive at Manning Manor is so fucking cool. Because <laughs> the stuff that you don't see when you just watch a drop and loads movie because they edit out the nonsense. Like, I mean that stuff is priceless. And it's just like this looked like the fucking Keystone cops. Like these chicks would be like with these other cats for like two seconds and they'd be running away from them and the guy'd be trying to grab them and they were like constantly switching out with us. That right, oh, was crazy, dude. Hey, by the way, so far this is the greatest podcast ever we've ever done. You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to keep going with this. It's, it's amazing. It's like literally one of the only ones I was like, I have to do this podcast. I yeah, like, I have to do it. Like I was like, there was no question for me, man. Well, I'll be honest. Like I was like, you know, Nick gets a hold of me. He's like, all right, so I got this chick, this OnlyFans girl. We got to get out of it. Then he's like, oh, Seth Campbell. I'm like. Listen, I'm a dude. I even know who the fuck Seth Campbell is. I'm like, are you, we're like, this dude's coming on, you know? So then, of course, I'm looking through all your shit or whatever. You fucked every fucking girl I've ever wanted to bang ever. 
that even like Nick didn't bang. I'm like, it's fucking dude. I mean, I've been doing, I've been at this since I was 18. I met Nick when I was 21. That's crazy. All right, so I want to get back to this. So you guys are doing the bad fucks thing, which is it was a big deal. I mean, the, the parodies. This was still in the movies, were the movies with the porn and everything. Oh, and these guys, these guys were like extorting money through this company. So it was like a two hundred and three hundred thousand well, dollar. Like it, it was an un. I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but I'm saying like they were <laughs> throwing money at at this movie that you just weren't seeing returns in. Like well, you would. I remember, I remember Nick talking about how they put him on a treadmill, and he was like, you're going to kill me. He talked about that thing where they, they threw you on the treadmill when you were in your outfit, and you were about to die. Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know if Seth was there when this happened. Because, I mean, I must have shot this fucking movie probably 35 days over, like, four months. And then, yeah. like, even after that, then they were still calling me back, like, three months later, like, twice a month so just like what it was like it went on forever and uh yeah so they take they take a treadmill and they take all the rails off of it so it's you just at the bottom different. right because what they want to do is they got me in the full costume and they want to start the fucking movie with me sprinting on this treadmill like that's their intro right and the fucking head of AVN at the time was Paul Fishbein, and he was there, like, yeah. covering this set. It was, like, the biggest news in the business. And he's like, he asked the director, he goes, uh, do you think it's really smart to have Nick doing, like, 24 hours of stunts, and then he's going to do the sex scene at 5 in the morning? And the director was like, dude, that's why we hired Nick Manny. He can fucking do anything. Like, so we just abused the guy because, like, well, he could do every. So, anyway, they put me on this thing and they fucking. I'm first of all, I'm running in these boots and these pants from X Men. I got the full fucking armor on and the cape. And uh, so I start running this treadmill. They got this fucking thing cranked up to six. And I'm running under for like four minutes. It's basically a four-minute sprint as fast as I can fucking go. And the cape gets caught in the fucking thing and it's around my neck. So I'm still running as I'm getting choked to death sideways until they can come and slow the fucking thing down. Dude, it was a miracle. Not only did I get my head torn off, but that... I didn't. I didn't tear an ACL because I was literally running with my knees bent sideways as fast as that treadmill was going. <laughs> it was like I couldn't believe I survived it. And like after that, they're like, "Maybe we could do it again without the cape." You're like, "Fuck you!" I'm like, "Yeah, fuck it. Maybe good idea." Finally figured that one out. Yeah, and then they got this other scene. Seth may have been there for this. It was a big fight scene where I got to fight like the henchman, like always, right? So they have this axe handle that's breakable, and the guy's supposed to fucking break it, and then I'm supposed to turn around and smash him on a box. Well, so we're, like, going through this fight scene for about three minutes, and it gets to the point where he's supposed to fucking crack me. And he hits me with this fucking axe handle, and they gave him the wrong one. It was a real axe handle. It's like the Bruce so, Lee thing with his kid. Yeah. So he hits me in the fucking tricep, and it's like, boom. <laughs> and I got, the, like, through the cape and the, the fucking whatever else I was wearing, like, it, like, muffled it, right? And, like, the whole place went fucking silent. You could hear a pin drop. He thought he broke my arm, right? And I just looked at the director. I'm like, 
keep going. And I took the, I took that fucking axe handle out of the guy's hand. I snapped it over my knee, and then I tossed him on the box. And for the next take, they're like, hey, assholes, can you give us the right fucking axe? <laughs> he takes out his aggression. He, you know, either fucks the shit out of bitches or beats the shit out of people on set. That's what it is. I, 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 Right, I mean, I, I assume that's how it all goes down on the set. I mean, Nick's a very angry. Pretty much. Guy. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, I totally like doing my own stunts. It's like fucking playtime for me. Like, <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm sitting here watching two different people, okay? Because I, I see Nick Manning and I, I know Nick real well, and he, again, he's one of the biggest, you know, obviously porn stars ever. He's fucked everybody. Great life. He was a you know, a success before porn, everything else, right? Smokes pot all day, he's worth millions, life is good, you know? So I see him, and then I see Seth. Now, Seth is living the life that I think you should lead when you're in porn. The fucking guy living in Hawaii. He Look at, look at him just chilling there, dude. He's, like, happy. He's good. He's whatever. He's what, Nick's telling this story about his movie. It's all about confrontation and wanting to kill people. They explain to me the difference of the mentality. I, can't, I don't no, know. Man. Hey, look, it wasn't always this peachy for me, bro. Like, <laughs> trust me. Like, it, it took a lot of work to get here, man. Like, it took a lot of – trust me, I was in a lot of confrontation myself during my career. Yeah, like, like Nick has reached such a huge level, but he's still fucking angry at everything and pissed off at the world. But I, I was, yeah, dude, yeah, I hear, but th therein lies the rub. Everybody <laughs> comes up and is like, oh, yeah, Manning, he's just a cool, he's real, right? In uh, celebrity in effect. Oh, yeah, because I'm the same dickhead from the south side of Chicago I've always been. Exactly. And Three yeah, million, three hundred million. It didn't change me at all. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you know, that's the thing, man. It's like, I, I pride myself on that. I don't want to change either. I just grow. You grow as a person or, and, and you, but you don't change who you are internally, man. Like too many people do, you know, and honestly, when you get a lot of money, it's not that you're changing. You just become who you really are. Yeah, you know well, I, mean? I like, also think that a lot what, of people. Yeah, no, do you know why though? Because oh, what he said makes a lot of sense because you don't have anything to lose anymore so you could actually finally be yourself with no repercussion right seth exactly yeah yeah, yeah. well I, I think a lot of people that like they're not comfortable with how much money they've made or where their career's at or who they are i think they're going through life every moment trying to act like they think they have to act and oh, yeah. dude that is too that's the mind fuck of all mind fucks it's just they like, live in fear. They're just living life in fear on a constant basis. They're yeah. scared all the time. Well, you know why? You know. Because I'll be honest with you, there, there is real fear for people who haven't made it because you do. You have to play the game. I've been in radio a long time. And it's like I, I, I listen to shows from 15 years ago to now, and I realize – I wouldn't. I, I would have had one day on the air if I'd have said the shit now that I said 15 years ago. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, if you want to keep your profession going, you got to appease the masses. But when there's guys like you, I mean, you, you both have, you know, number one, fuck you, fame, because you do. But then fuck you, money too. And it's 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 got to be a very, I, I guess, uh, like an enlightening ex like uh, experience. To know that nobody could fucking take you down. Like you, you're living life the exact way you want to live it, which is a fantastic life, but nobody has the ability to take you down because you already fucking made it. I mean, does that kind of make sense or no? Uh, 
You want to take that, Nick? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, my perspective is always this. It's like, and I tell everyone, there. It's like it wasn't always like this, dude. I mortgaged my twenties and thirties for the rest of my life. And dude, you you lived at my house. That fucking mortgage was fifteen grand a month every fucking month for what fifteen yeah. years? Like, dude, that was a. It's like I had Jaguars and Bentleys. Like I had a big nut every fucking month. Now I was making a lot of fucking money, but it's like the more money you make, the more stress you're under to make more money. Yeah, it's true, man. Right. So and that's the I, thing just, too, yeah. I just said, people get mad at me because I stuck to the plan. Cause I said, look, I'm mortgaging my twenties and thirties. I'm not going to get much sleep. I'm going to work a lot. I'm going to train a lot, but someday I'm going to say, fuck you, and I'm going to the lake, and nobody's ever going to hear from me again. So pretty much for the past seven years, uh, that's what I've done. And I've shot enough where now we can release some things, and I'll I'll be a little more visible than I have been. Uh, but I'm going to spend a lot of time at the lake saying, uh, fuck you, you, I had no service here, and you can't call me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. You live the life, and you got you know kind of the ending. Not that it's an ending, but you have the ability to basically do whatever you want with stuff. Now I want to I want to get to Seth here real fast because number one, he's the guest, and I want to know his whole career and everything else or whatever. But you know, I was uh, just listening to you talk about how you were on the Bad Fucks. Which was a big movie at the time. Mm -hmm. You you were the clown, and then you know there's Nick Manning. I that, like. Were were you a fan of porn before you got into it? Because you're talking about how that was like your first thing, and you're already quoting Nick. Like, kind of give us your okay. So, so let's be uh, okay. So when I did Bat Fucks, I already like had been living with Nick. Nick. So what happened was actually in Bat Fucks. The truth is, I was actually a replacement. I wasn't even in the movie. Nick was on set, and he's like, "Bring Gamble in," and that's how yeah. I ended up in the movie. I wasn't supposed to be in that movie at all. Like it oh, wasn't wow. like okay. I, it was like, literally I was at the, I was, I probably was at the house drinking beers and I got a phone call <laughs> like, Hey gamble, can you come to set? And <laughs> sept uh, I was rep by this person, a uh, woman, September Dawn. And she had called me like, Hey, they want you over there. So I just went to set and did my thing. Um, but yeah, I, uh, like, yeah, I, I, like, I, I didn't. I wasn't. I was. I before like before porn. Like I, I had no. Um, I, dude, I didn't really. I didn't really watch porn. To be honest with you. I was uh, my 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 whole thing with with uh, you know. I I had like my grandfather left me a bunch of old Playboy magazines. That was like my jerk off material. <laughs> like I had like I had like an eighties and nineties Playboy magazine. I didn't have like you know what I mean. Like it wasn't that. I wasn't really into porn that crazy until I got into porn because I'm just one of those people that like, I put everything into what I do. Okay. So when I do that, I have to like, know every, like I'm an athlete. Like I grew up an athlete. I played baseball. I, I played all the different sports. So like, I always looked at things from like a perspective of like, okay, these were my favorite athletes. I want to, I want to be like these athletes and make it my own. So like I had to find out, you know, the girls that I found to be, you know, great performers, but uh, mostly find out the male performers who kind of had the, the, the swagger and the things that I was looking for to be the best at my craft. Like I had to look at guys like Nick or a Mark Davis or, uh, you know, like a Nacho or a, a Rocco Sofredi or like these people who Manuel, like these guys who like really like 
like own their craft in their different departments. Cause at the time when, and Nick could probably say, this is true. There was a, there was a big thing with there's feature guys and then there's Gonzo guys. And then these guys kind of did this, but I was, I had this like back then I was just like, really, I wanted to be the feature guy. Cause I noticed that at the time I wanted to be someone that could be showcased as well as the girls and in, 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 in the straight side of porn, that's very rare. You very rarely get it. Nick Manning. You very rarely get that. So right. I thought, I believed that I could be that, you know, I don't know if it was just a lot of cocaine, but I believed it. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's like, um, you know, co cocaine has the effect on you to make you believe way higher about yourself. Wow, than you think. I gotta start doing cocaine. I have to, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, and so I, I kind of just like really, I kind of, I kind of watched porn more educationally than I did for like jerking off. Okay, um, so hang on. So I'm just, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm like, I, 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 I obviously get where people separate themselves from the norm of of guys in porn. But you actually watched porn and watched the guys to better yourself. Like when you're watching that, what are you thinking? Like, what are you trying to better yourself at? Obviously, you're a good-looking guy. You got a huge penis. You know things. It's are de right. it's you it's de it's it's details, man. It's the details. Like it's the okay, like what 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 like what are you? It's it's simple, man. It's like the okay. So like um, for me, being a male performer, number one, the most important thing is connecting with your partner, right? So you want to have a connection. If, once you build that connection, okay. So now once you have the connection that it, that that's there, but let's find the technical stuff of it. Like how are we? Where's your rhythm? Uh, how are you transitioning? Are are you are you are you in the scene but still aware of what's going on with the camera? Where's the camera angle? What's everything happening? And you're doing all this at one time. On top of the fact of being able to do a scene, my whole goal has always been, which is ridiculous sometimes because now scenes are going 45, 50 minutes. But I don't want to cut. I want to do the whole scene, hopefully without cutting. Uh, I want to do it so like a dance. You know, I, I look at it like you see a Nick Manning scene, you see these people scenes. There's and no matter how hard it is or soft it is, or no matter how the sex is, there's a dance element to it. You know what I mean? There's an element of it where you're just literally it's symbiotic and that's what makes a great scene. And like, I wanted, I wanted to make every scene I possibly could. Great. Now, mind you, there were many years I was high a lot, not on set, but not, but when I wasn't on set. So that might not have been my priority. My priority was to be like, uh, you know, a Dirk Diggler type person, which I, I lived, um, uh, partying and doing all that crazy shit. And I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but how do you not though? I mean, that shit is all around, you know, here's the thing, dude, you're living the fucking life. Like you said, you were 18. I can't imagine at 18 years old. I, I would have fucked any skank on the face of the planet just to get my dick wet. Okay? Bro, I have the I, best fuck. One of the coolest things that ever happened at my house well, yeah. was, that was a Seth Gamble Dale the Bone story. And so I'm sitting up in the sitting area of my room where we've partaken in many bowls and chicks. And I know Dale's waiting at the house. And yeah, I'm sure there were some drugs involved. Uh, Seth is picking up this girl who I won't say her name, but Seth may. Uh, and him and Dale are going to bang her. Now, uh, I was certainly invited, but I can't participate because, one, I just got off a set. Two, I got to shoot two scenes tomorrow. So I'm off limits. Right. Okay. All right. So now I'm hanging out my house. 
apparently that I didn't know this till later, Seth bangs her in the car. I did. So now <laughs> they get them back to the house and Seth and Dale are arguing for fucking what seems like three to five hours <laughs> about who's going to fuck her first. Now, and this is going on and on and on and on and on. And so at some point, I guess this chick starts to feel uncomfortable and she walks into my why. room and sits down. Now, she's looking at me like, well, they're not fucking me, Manning. What about you? And I'm like, dude, I am so off limits. I got fucking, uh, I must have done 20 fucking scenes this week, and I got two more tomorrow. You're fucking, I see you can sit here if you want, but don't be trying to get inside my robe. So... This more arguing going on. I think these two guys are going to fucking fight. Finally, uh, they come in and they dismiss the girl and Seth drives her back home. So this chick came with a fucking bang and nobody would bang her. I, I fucked her in the car. The way I'm sure thinking. you did. No, but you know, you know what's crazy? And I will say this about, you know, and Dale, don't, I, if he watches this, don't be mad at me for saying this. But Dan, no, no, but no, no. But I'm gonna say something better. And back in those days, Dale was literally the best wingman I ever had, and I'll tell you why. Because he pissed the girl off to no degree every single time. How? Like, every single, and they were like, they didn't even like, and they were like, "Hey, Seth, like, hang out." And it was weird. Like he would just get so mad about shit, and I, I don't know, man. Like it was just. He's I, right though. That story did happen. I'm not gonna say her name. But I got it. I wish you would. And the chick was a babe. I so wanted a banger. And it's like, oh. Okay, let's stop for two seconds, right? Because I got three questions on this whole thing you're talking about, all right? Number one, okay, how in the fucking world you're a porn star, you fighting over banging a chick when you fuck everybody? That's number one. Number two, Nick said straight up, I wanted to bang her, but I couldn't. And that shows that man's professionalism right there. I, it's, I, hey, I didn't have to work the next day, okay? <laughs> dude, I was sweating. I wanted to fuck her so bad I was sweating blood. So why did you fuck her, Nick? Because, dude, like, I, my cock was no, dude, it's like real. It's on real, the fucking dude. cob. There was nothing. Uh, uh, like, now I got to go for fucking, I'm going to be fucking for 10 hours tomorrow. I'll attest <laughs> that, scenes, though. Like, when five you, when hours you're working. Long. Each. When you're working like that, when you're working like that, like you're like I mean, I I could say relationships I've had has suffered. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my money shots on like shit outside of work when you're when you're working at the level because like during that period of time I was working but not as much as Nick was. Later on over my years, I started working like Nick did, and that's when it was like when I got home, I didn't even want to look at my dick. Like I well, didn't even want to. Yeah, there was a guy in the business. We've said this a few times. Uh, probably was in just about the time that Seth started and it was about his third year and he was the new hot shit in the business and he said that he wanted to do 300 scenes that year because he heard that I did 300 scenes a year and he did it he ran a press release but it must have killed him because we never heard from the fucking guy again so he did once what I did fucking 10 times and it yeah. destroyed him I, yeah, I did a uh, 2019. I did I did 476. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. 
crazy. Oh, where'd he go? Yeah, sorry, God, guys. 400. Okay. Oh, where'd he go? No, he's Yeah. 476. Holy yeah. shit. That's kind of like what lead me to today. Like, you know, for years I was doing 250, 300 a year. I was doing that over and over. And then, um, in 2017, I got, I stopped, I, I got sober, like bone dry. I've been sober now for four years and some change. Um, cause you know, I'm a, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm a fucking, I can't do that shit anymore. Um, but I just, I put, I went from that to like, okay, I'm just going to put everything in the, the business. I'm just going to work and literally do everything I can to like get where I want to be or whatever. And, um, yeah, I was doing, I did 476 and that's kind of like getting even 300 was crazy, but doing that, I definitely, the next year was like, I'm slowing down. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it's, it's. 300 250 300 it's manageable but 476 dude i was walking around like this all the time dude like it was like it was yeah and uh, my first year i had 12 days off all year yeah where i didn't have to go to set i mean it's like insanity the doubles the triples they're crazy man i was i was thinking about something today and, and as you guys are saying this but I find it, I guess, something every guy wants to experience. And what people don't understand is obviously there's a, a downfall and repercussions to everybody's, you know, uh, profession. Even as, as your guys are banging the hottest girls in the world, but you're talking about, okay, it's, it's fucked up sometimes. And, you know, you're in pain or you can't do it a certain night or whatever. But I was thinking there's got to be a part of you that feels stress-free knowing that, <laughs> that you're going to get late because every guy wakes up in the morning saying, God, I hope I get laid today. I've and never woken up and said that. Me neither, man. I, <laughs> you guys, I'm going to mute you both. You guys, the fuck up. <laughs> I think it definitely, I think it definitely takes away the thirsty factor. Like that's the thing. Like let me, I'm sure Nick can attest this. How, oh, sorry, let, me, let's, let me finish this. This thought real fast as the, as the only common guy on this fucking all right. Even when I was in radio and I was very popular, I still had to wake up every morning going, I wonder if I'm going to get laid today. My feeling is, and I just know my mentality on things, I have to get all my, everything that I, like all my responsibilities done before I can enjoy life. Okay. If I knew I was going to wake up and get fucked that day, I can only imagine how great every day would be. Because you got the number one fucking priority out of the goddamn way. Well, I mean, I I'm t- I told you before, part of the, my thinking in porn and getting into porn in the first place was, okay. I can't even imagine. Uh, I, I, just, uh, I mean, all I did my whole life was play sports, work out, and fuck chicks. Right, so yeah. it's like, I, what I job can I get where they're going to pay me to play sports, work out, and fuck chicks? <laughs> so it's like, it was so obvious to me that this is what I should be doing. I was already doing it before they were paying me. Well, yeah, exactly. Yep. I agree. <laughs> so, I mean, is that how it was with you, Seth? I mean, you said you were a baseball. I, I got to get into Seth's career. Okay. He's done very well for himself. As you know, I, I actually thought it was really cool. Like listening to your guys' stories about how Nick kind of helped you out and everything else. And I and I, I got to tell you straight up, and I mean this. Thank you for coming on the show because you said you wouldn't go on like anybody's 
podcasts except ours. So that's fucking awesome. And I appreciate that, you know, but like just listening to what you're talking about, like I can't like you're 18 years old. You just graduated high school. You're, you're a very good ball player, baseball player, like you mentioned. So therefore you and Nick obviously had a bond with the baseball thing and everything else. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, and the work and the working out stuff like that was like my, you know, I love that's that's always been. And, you know, Nick, but, Nick wasn't a big partier, but he partied. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I do everything in moderation except for bang chicks. I, I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine Nick on coke. Like, I know Nick. I couldn't imagine him. On I don't coke. have to imagine it. Like, you know, I Nick on coke frightens the shit out of me. I, it's I, not I, fun. All I do is check my pulse him. the whole yeah. time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so, dude, so, dude all right, so you're 18 years old, right? I mean, yeah. most people at 18, they're going to college, they're whatever, they're trying to live that life. How do you get in the industry at 18? You're on a Nick Manning movie. You're living with Nick Manning. I mean, so, this, this uh, is astounding. I, okay, so when I met Nick, I wasn't 18. So I started at 18. I started with um, the company Bang Bros. So what okay. happened was oh, you're is – right. So what happened was is I was – I had – caught in i caught some charges i was getting myself in some trouble and uh i was i lost my i lost the jobs that i had because of having a felony and i couldn't work at certain places so i ended up working at la fitness and i was a i was a personal trainer uh manager like i sold training i trained too but mostly i was selling the stuff right and uh i oh. met this guy i met this guy who was a uh, just a we ended up becoming we became friends and i was joking i was an 18 year old kid Dude. i you know thought very highly of myself and i was like you know i'm i'm a pretty good looking guy i think i could probably like strip for chicks on the weekends and make some money <laughs> lo and behold that guy actually did that <laughs> so i ended up i became like a male stripper and i worked on weekends and i did that stuff whatever that guy that i that i that guy that i was friends with hooked me up with this uh, like agent who um who was booking me my stripper jobs so this guy calls me and he goes hey so bang bros wants to do this site at the time was called the dancing bear and it was this suit right yeah yeah so you wear this dancing bear suit come on you you know like like yeah you wear yeah you wear this dancing bear suit and you do a strip show and and you yeah but i didn't so so let me get to it because i didn't end up doing that (laughs) drop the loads out of the fucking bear suit rolling the bones (laughs) so i go i at the time hey boo boo dropping loads (laughs) boo 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 hey boo boo dropping loads i I go i I go that's fantastic. I, yeah. So I go to Bang Bros and they want me to. Tr- so they're like, they're like, they look at me and like, wow, you're you're a good looking guy. You look twelve, but you're a good looking guy. They said this to me. You look you look twelve, but you're a good looking guy. And like, uh, and we we need someone bigger in stature to fit in this suit. And I was like, oh, okay. And they were like, but so what they would do back then in Florida to to try out new male talent, you went in a room, they put a porno on, you got an erection, they took a picture of you. And you might get called back or not. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you had to put on the bear suit and get an erection. No, 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 no. I didn't have to put on the, the I never put on the bear suit. I, I never did the bear thing. No, they called, no, no. They called me to do this <laughs> dancing bear thing. And okay. when I got there, they were like, uh, yeah, you're not. We need a bigger really guy old. in stature. You look really young. Okay. Uh, we want a bigger guy. We know that you have experience with this dancing stuff. But um, they said, 
but we will like we would maybe try you out for a scene do you want to like we want to see what you got so can okay. you like here's a porno get your stuff hard and then we'll take a picture and then we'll maybe call you back okay. so the next day i get a phone call and they're like hey they really like you would you be down to do a milf scene which was obviously you know what that is it's you know right. a younger guy older uh woman deal and um so they're like but hey if you want to make an extra 200 bucks come to the studio and we, you can sit in the studio, watch some TV. If the guy fails, which I was like, fails? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, the guy can't, the guy can't do the job. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you in. But if he can't, if he can do the job, we'll pay you two hundred bucks to sit in the room and watch TV. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go sit in a room and watch TV for two hundred bucks. Fuck, that's so amazing. They have such a high failure rate. They book a replacement. <laughs> yes. So this is no. I'll tell you this. It's a crazy story. So I'm sitting in this room. There's another kid that's supposed to do the scene. Dale DeBone walks in the room, <laughs> looks at me. I'm this arrogant little fucking <laughs> cut skinny dude with a fucking gold chain on and a blowout haircut. And he's like, he's like, no he's like, who are, he goes, he goes, who are you? I said, who the fuck are you? And like, that was like, and you know, Dale, and I'm, I don't know this guy. So I'm like, what do you mean? Who the fuck am I, man? I'm Dale DeBone, man. I'll smack you upside your head. So, so he looks at, he looks at, he looks at me. He looks at the other kid. He looks at me and he goes, Oh, hold on one second. Come goes upstairs, comes back down, looks at me. He goes, you're coming with me. I'm coming with you. What do you mean? I'm coming. Who the fuck are you? What's going on? He, and the other kid's getting pissed off because he's like, I'm supposed to do the scene. He's like, no, nah, he looks better than you do. And then he takes me <laughs> to do the scene. And like, I'm like the whole scene, like it's supposed to be, it's my first scene. I'm working with this girl. Remember Alexis Silver? Uh, she's a, Brittany, a black. Hang on, stop. That's Brit Is that Brittany Kosar's daughter? No, it's a black English girl. There's a girl who was Alexis Silver, I swear to God, was Bernie Kozner's daughter. Yeah. Who did porn. The only reason I say that is I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised in Cleveland, and Bernie Kozner is God to me. So when you oh, okay. said that, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> I got a guy who fucked Kozner's daughter. I got to talk about that now. <laughs> no, it's definitely not her. It's definitely not All right. her. All but right. so, I, so I do, uh, so I go and I'm like, what, what the fuck? And like, uh, you know, I'll even put this in there, but his production manager hands me this blue pill. And I'm like, what, what the, I'm, oh, okay. what, what the hell is it? So he's like, just take it. It's fine. Cause you know, all these guys are failing. So he doesn't know me for a hole in the wall. So I take this blue pill and I'm like, fuck it. I eat the whole thing, which <laughs> you know, you know, it was a hundred milligrams of it. Right. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, my face is beat red and I got the, I got the hardest direction I'd ever have. In my, I'm 18. Like I didn't need a Viagra. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm taking, I take this pill and I'm going up to the production manager and I'm like, like, I'm talking like uncomfortably erect. And I'm like, dude, uh, we got like my dick's hard, like real hard. He's like, that's good, man. That's a good thing. And I'm like, no, it's really hard. Like it's super hard. And he's like, and I'm 18. So I'm like, yo, like I'm spastic at the time. I'm like, yo man, this thing's like really fucking hard. And he's like, it's cool, man. It's cool. So I end up doing the whole scene without cutting. It's my first scene. And they were like, like, what the fuck? What they they were like? They didn't understand how it went so smoothly because it was my first one. Meanwhile, then I do the second one. I do the second one, which was the MILF scene with Diamond Fox, which ends up the first day it got released. It got twelve million views in one day because I looked like a child. This woman was a, like an older girl. <laughs> yeah, so Diamond then, Fox is great. She's great, but I was eighteen and she was <laughs> like probably twenty eight, thirty, so whatever it was at the time, and um. And literally the next day, the company offered me a contract. No. So I, I literally, two scenes, I got a Bang Bros contract. Uh, 
And it wasn't for like some crazy amount of money, but at the time for my age, it was like, I felt like I was rolling, you know, I was like, Oh, this is crazy. And then I started hanging out with, uh, Dale and, uh, and, uh, his friend, uh, <laughs> I won't mention that because, uh, Wait, but, she, uh, Povo, that, or what was her name? The, uh, the tennis. No, it, it, oh. uh, no, it, Jr. would be his initials. You would know. Um, uh, so, we, we started hanging out, whatever. And like, I give them a lot of credit. Like Dale did, uh, he taught me a lot, but the one thing Dale did, which at the time I didn't appreciate at all, but he was the nastiest director I'd ever worked for. He was nasty to me, dude. Like we'd be on set. He'd be fucking ribbing me the whole time. Every time I worked, every time I worked, but to the point where when I got to LA and I worked for directors, nothing phased me. Like literally nothing phased me because I was like, so under the gun, while I was down there. But I think in some ways he was being himself, but also preparing me. Well, and the other um, thing about Dale is, man, it's like, you got to earn, he's like me. You got to earn that guy's respect. Like exactly. he does, he doesn't, he throws, he throws compliments around like manhole covers. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so if you could work for him, like when he came to LA, everything was a piece of cake. Exactly. And then that's what he, he, you know, he did. And at the end of the day too. And then, so when I got, when I got to LA, uh, it was just, it just became, it was just easy. I remember, you know, I was doing, you know, working, I, my first couple scenes were like, uh, naughty America stuff and like penthouse and, uh, bluebird. And these people kind of hired me immediately. And I luckily came to LA, like, this is the thing too. Like, I feel like I was super fortunate because when I was in Florida, like, yes, I worked with pro girls that came from LA, but generally speaking, I worked with really, really, uh, un like girls that didn't know what they were doing, like very new, uh, sometimes girls that I wasn't very attracted to. Uh, I had to learn how to fuck a broomstick and hold it still. Like it was one of those kind of situations <laughs> where like I literally learned my craft with not necessarily the best situations. And I was also fucking in the humidity of Florida in, in outside heat and like really hard shit. So when I got to LA, it's like dry and cool. I was like, this ain't shit where like, I give I give some a lot of guys some credit who who started in L.A. Uh, you know, uh, especially now. Maybe you know it might have been different uh, when Nick got in, but now it's like you know guys come in, guys are failing left and right, left and right, left and right because at the end of the day, like it's it's doggy dog. It's not the same. So you don't have that, and you don't have the skill. You come in and you just fuck like you think you can at home. No one's showing you the ropes. Like I had right. guys like Dale and Mark Davis and Nick and people like that who were like, "No, you open the girl up like this, and this is how you show it to the camera, and like do stuff like this or what." Like I, there are people that were helping me, and like, and but at the end of the day too, I got ribbed a lot. Like I was like the young kid that everybody ribbed, and well, which you, I you, deservedly you, so. And yeah, and, and I was earning my God. I was earning my stripes, you know. And I don't feel like you know that that's around anymore but like at the time i'm very fortunate for that well, because I, I think that's what made me where i am can i ask you a question seth because what you said it's hmm. like I, i'm thinking of a, a football team you know how they you know it's the rookie and the rookie and everything else whatever do, do you do you feel that the whole industry or like is missing that i love this i gotta tell you i love this story because you're talking about Dale DeBone, who was a legend, and then Nick talks about Dale. I, you know, and I know Evan Stone, and you know, Nick knows Evan. I'm sure you do, or whatever. Of course, yeah, man. It's like I know you, you know, kind of these guys, you know, on a, on a on a level like that, and 
was it kind of the camaraderie that made it so successful? I mean, it's just the way you guys are talking about. It. You're a bunch of dudes. You're learning from each other, but it's like it seemed like there's a shit ton of camaraderie. Which well, you know, man, honestly, it's the opposite. Like it was very rare those guys would take someone in or like but or I'm, even I'm, see anything into them. You know, I'm, it was it was I'm, rare. What I'm saying is because you guys were so successful, do you think that's kind of an attribute to that? I, I would I would say yes. At the time, obviously, those guys were successful. I was a new guy coming in. I would say that I was very fortunate that, like, these guys saw something in me to be successful. Like, they saw some it factor to me to go, like, hey, this guy. Because, I mean, there were tons of guys around, and none of these guys really gave a fuck about them. So it's like, for some reason, it was they saw something in me, which I'm like, wow, this is pretty amazing but i'll tell you um, what i mean 10 15 years later obviously they were right i mean yeah no they were very right, right? <laughs> exactly so yeah i know yeah that's what i'm saying that's got to be like awesome i mean just to really great yeah I, like kind of explain that and like again i, I just I'm, I'm trying to think when i was 18 years old i was dying to get the radio i was working at the gas station i was whatever you know just doing my shit or whatever but you know there you are in this amazing situation that even you had to know growing up was a dream to be in Oh, for sure, man. Like when I first got in, I was like, oh yeah, I found my, <laughs> I found where I'm, I, I, this is, this is where it's at for me. Like yeah. I knew, I knew, but I knew like when I got on set or started doing this, I was like, oh, okay, I know this is somewhere I could be successful. I think, I think one thing that I can attribute it to as well is, um, I think that guys like Nick, guys like Dale, these guys, they got laid before porn. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Like I got, I, 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 I was someone who actually talked to women for, I think there's a, there's a, a, there was a sum of men who got in the industry who weren't very, I, I don't know how to word it best, but are, were with like really like, I don't know, had personality with women or game per se with, with girls. And, and I think having that kind of swagger, uh, it, it just, it, that's what brings that element of star power. Yeah, but, I mean, you were you had to be popular in school, right? I mean, you were like you said, you were a good ball player, you were good looking. I mean, you had to be. Getting- yeah, no, I yeah, I, I did well. Yeah, <laughs> I did well. You had to be good in school, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. I did, I I did well, but I think that's the camaraderie. Is like, you know, we're guys, we're athletes. We looked at this as, uh, you know, uh, we look. We, it's just a, a way of of building a brand. I think Nick Nick is someone early on. Uh, who really saw that and, and capitalized Nick obviously has a business background. So he looked at it as a brand. That's something I always admired about him. And he would like branded himself so well. And like, that's something I've always wanted to do and tried to do and have been doing, you know, over the last, you know, especially the last five, 10 years is like really creating the brand and, and getting more of myself to, you know, grow as that, as that, you know, I don't think, I think a lot of guys, they don't do that. They don't brand themselves. They just come to work to fuck. Nick looked at it from all aspects. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's, you're absolutely right with that. I guess that's why I would continue to go with your career with this because, you know, you mentioned you were 18, you were, uh, you know, you, you were doing Coke, you were partying or whatever, but you still were able to, you know, to, I guess, understand and comprehend the fact that, you know, I, I guess what your end game was. Well, you know? and the thing about Seth was like, he understand. I mean, you know, this Mo, I mean, there's been f- five different Manning manners over the years. Right. And what? 200 different chicks lived with me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but okay. Yeah, sure. Let's count the guys who lived at my house. Mikey butters, Dale, Seth, and uh, Robert Bayonne, but he 
man, he wasn't talent. He was doing my paperwork. You're, like, you're, you're, right, you're, you're right. buddy, buddy too, yeah. Well, but he didn't live there. He lived in Chicago. He was just hanging out like when he had to work. And then the only other person that lived there was Duke Mulholland, the guy who did the biopic. So 200 chicks, five guys. So I think he probably realized that he had a good opportunity and he seized it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that for sure. But I'm also like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the mentality like, you know, I'm sure there's a million guys getting the industry, and they're like, "All right, my job is I get to fuck a, a billion different chicks, and that's awesome." But to take it to a, whole, a different level, you know, like obviously Nick did, but as we mentioned, you know, he had he had a, a, ten different careers before that. I mean, Nick was successful, yeah, yeah, important. But a guy like you who was banking on this, you know, I mean, well, I- the thing was too, it was like I, Dale said some things that were like at the time had, I guess you would say, negative connotation. But instead of like, t- I didn't take a lot of the stuff he said in a negative way. Like he always, he always liked to refer to the business as a life sentence, right? So instead of taking it that as a negative <laughs> connotation, I took it as like, okay, like I got to fucking do this thing. Like yeah. I got to do this. Like, and there's no, like, this has got to be, I got to make this my bitch. Like I got to take this and like, cause it's not really the, the thing I, I have to say is I have learned how to make sure that i'm in the right things i do the right movies i'm on the right sets i'm doing i'm doing things that i know are going to elevate me not always obviously there's always the check jobs but generally speaking i always make sure to put myself in positions or try to put myself in positions where i'm doing those things because at the end of the day like nick doing a movie like bat fucks and a bunch of other bigger movies he did he knew in general like these are movies that are brand building like you have to make sure that you're placing right, yourself yeah. in certain areas but you see that you know like i'm i had a front hand look at like what guys it was to me it was like it's nick especially because nick nick has been successful uh, you know, brand wise, financially, like he is, he did this throughout his whole career. So you have to like mirror that to, to an aspect and make it your own. Like that's what you do to be successful in any business. Like it doesn't matter if you, if you're a basketball player, you want to be Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, or LeBron James. You're not looking to be a, a bencher. You know what I mean? Like you're just not like, it's like, there's no, I didn't find it to be any other option. It was like, I had to like, you know, it's that law of, you know, the, the power the, the the you know the the law of attraction like you have to just believe it and and know that you have this ability and then what ended up happening for me in my career was uh, I ended up getting an opportunity to go to acting school for two years and then I ended up like really capitalizing on being the best actor in the business because I felt like okay I know I can play this lane as hard as I possibly can on top of the fact that I know I'm a strong performer. So I, I, I went into the mindset of like, there was always this mindset of like, there was a feature guy and a, and a gonzo guy. And like, the, they didn't really mix. And I wanted to do all of it. So I did, I became the BDSM kink guy. I started doing the features and I would do evil angel gonzo scenes. I would just do all the above. So that way it was like, well, like, because Nick, like you said earlier, Nick would be on set and even Nick said it, they'd be like, oh, it's Nick Manning. He could do anything. Well, I wanted that. I wanted that yeah. to be what they said about me. Yeah. Well, it's Seth Gamble. He could do anything. It's a gift and a curse because then you can do anything. Right. And then they know you can do fucking anything. And then they're like, okay, fuck it. Like, you know, and, um, you know, uh, I ended up becoming, which Nick knows well, me and Axel became very close. And I've done some of the best work of my career with him. I'm doing yeah. the new Batman for him. I'm doing, did Star Wars, which ended up being the number one, one of the number one selling DVDs of all time. So I ended up being, being in these movies that were just, 
like and i i really went into it I, like i became these characters because i i wanted to sh- i i had that thing that dale always said i wanted to show motherfuckers what time it was and he he always used to say show motherfuckers what time it is show and like i had that it not so much ego but i had that like sense of like i want to know i'm doing 100 percent of what i can do and it didn't matter that it was porn to me i obviously like we know the basic parts of what makes this job fun but i wanted to separate myself and and that's that what and i what you said right there is perfect you want I, I can understand that mentality i know nick can and I, you wanted to separate yourself and i think that that is something that not a lot of people are ingrained with a lot of people can be great at what they do but then there's those people who want to take it to that next level. You wanted to, yeah. you wanted to separate yourself, but not only that, but you had the 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 perseverance and the and the drive to do that in an industry where fucking guys don't give a good goddamn who the you know who the who the guy talent is. No, to, it's true. To, to make a name for yourself in the adult industry, and not just because you have a huge fucking you know like a John Holmes. And Nick disappeared. <laughs> a Jack Hol- or a, a you know a, a John Holmes or a Ron Jeremy or whatever. But to make that name for yourself is, I'll tell you what, man. It's a, I would almost think it's more difficult than in Hollywood. It is. It uh, is. Especially doing straight. You like you you mentioned before, kind of you know you know through the conversation, but doing straight porn. Well, I'll and, tell uh, you what makes it difficult. It's like that's really in Hollywood. It's still a male-dominated business, right? But porn is supposed right. to be a female-dominated exactly. business. Exactly. So it's like I remember, I remember thinking to myself many times, it's like, you stupid motherfucker. You got into the one business in the whole fucking world <laughs> where the, the white male is nobody. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's true. And yeah, it's right. like, so it's like, to me, it just became, uh, okay. Uh, if I'm not great at this, there's going to be lots of haters and lots of shit talkers. So I'm going to shock and awe you kind of like he said, tell motherfuckers what time it is. I mean, that's a good one. I was just like, I'm going to leave a trail of bodies in the wake. I don't have to say shit about it because like PT said, when he took off his robe and shook out his muscles and he engulfed the girl. Uh, we knew we'd never see anything like this before. And yeah. I went to work every day making sure everybody knew what the fuck time it was. Yeah, man. That's how it has to be. And it's, right. it's, it's, it's one of those things, man. It, it's just, it's just constantly doing that. And like, even to this day, it's like, I don't live with the mentality that I, I'm, I need it yet. Like, I don't live with that mentality. Like I'm still going further. Like there's no, like, it's never like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, and now I've been like super fortunate, like a uh, uh, gamma gamma films group. Who's like one of the top three big companies, their first contract star is a guy. And that's me. Like that doesn't happen. You know what no. I mean? That's like, that yeah. doesn't happen. And, and it just, it's just it, a testament to like the support I've had, you know, my wife's here, my wife supports me. She's in the business. I have, you know, great, I have great friends behind me and I don't stop. I keep pushing myself harder and harder because at the end of the day, this is this is the lane I have. I have to play this lane. I, this is the cards I'm dealt. I have to play the cards as best as I can, and I have to keep doing that. I, I gotta ask this question because I'm thinking like, I, I, obviously watching porn through a guy's perspective. Okay, where it's a hot chick, you jerk off to her, you know, whatever. When you're a guy, 
what I guess obviously I, I want to go beyond your hard work and dedication and everything else that you that you have. All right. Yeah. There's got to be an element of an audience, you know. Obviously, of course. Mm-hmm. So, what is the appeal then? Like it, like. You don't recognize when you're watching a Gonzo or whatever it is, like the hard work that they put into that. Like you're talking about, you know, not having sex when you want to bang a chick because you got to relax for the next day and 450 scenes, a, 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 you know, a month or a year or everything. Yeah. So, like, I guess, Seth, what is your what makes you Seth Gamble? What makes you the appeal? What makes you the first uh, not just male adult performer, but the first uh, adult performer to um to contract with this company i i think it's because like at the end of the day i've 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 built value i think that movies that i i i elevate my my whole mindset is to elevate the talent i'm working with so like any talent i'm working with i want them to look better because i already know what i bring to the table which is you know my scenes are always solid uh i would say that i put a lot into them like i do I'm a very, I would say I'm a dominant, aggressive performer. I would say that uh, my acting ability, and I think being, for me, it's like, and I think Nick had this as well, and there's certain guys that have it. I guess somewhere along the line, when I'm on camera, I have it factor. And I didn't make that. I didn't create that. I didn't, it's not something that I, I, I just, I did not, it's not something you can get, you can learn. I think it's just something that you have. You're right. Uh, it's your natural I think being on camera, if you're natural on camera, people just like they're sucked into you. You know what I mean? Like when they're when Nick did a scene, not just the stuff, you know, a lot of people talk about the stuff he said or or dropping loads and all that stuff. But Nick had an appeal that people like keyed in on him. He, he could do a scene without saying that stuff and people still wanted to see him. You know what I mean? And that's there's something about having that factor yeah. that just drives people. It's it, it does. It just being on a camera it doesn't have to it could be porn it could be a mainstream something like that it just this just happened to be the lane you know and um it just and that's and that's really what i think it is i think i think one thing that really sets me apart is i i i i mean i'm i i think i act i'm a better actor uh than than pretty much most people that that do this uh just because of not because i'm better just because i put more work into it and i i'm natural when i do it uh and um you know, my, my award shelf says that's true too. So I, I don't know. I, I, it's just been something that I've, the lane that I've played, like the performance end of it. Like if you can't perform, you can't do the job. So that's like a normal thing. Like, Hey, I could get my dick hard and do my job. Like that's a normal thing. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? So I think that I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. I can do this. Well, the part that you're supposed to be able to do, let me do this part really well. That's like, wow, he does that more better than he should being in porn. You know what I mean? Like, there's he shouldn't be able to. Did that ever make you, know? you like? Have you, I I apologize. I don't know this. I guess I'm asking, but have you ever done mainstream stuff the way you're talking about? Like, have you ever been? I've been approached. I've done some stuff here and there, but like at the end of the day, too, it's like, uh, you know, I feel personally like I want to. If I'm going to act in a mainstream, I I want to do movies that. I'm taken seriously. I don't want to play a porn star. I don't want to play a fucking male stripper. I don't want to play a fucking drunkie. I don't want to play a guy that walks into a store as an extra. I want to get a real role where I can showcase what I am, what the abilities I have in talent, because I want the ability if I do take that road. And I think that, and I do believe that it's going to happen at some point. I want to be able to be like, holy shit, this guy did porn. 
<laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want it to be like, holy shit, like this dude, what? <laughs> like, you know no, what I mean? And like, I've, I've gotten that. Like I did a movie um, uh, that I won, I won the uh, best actor for two years ago called Perspective. And um, it was like this movie about like uh, a wife and husband who's splitting up and they're both their perspectives. Like my half the movie was my perspective. The other half of the movie was her perspective. And like the first part, I'm like this husband who's paranoid that his wife's cheating on her and he's, she's doing worse than you could ever imagine. And it's like this rabbit hole I go down. And then the second part of the movie, I'm playing a completely different character where I'm a fucking sociopath who's murdering everybody. My wife's fucking because I think she's fucking them. And then like, by the end, I shoot myself in the head. You know, I mean, it's like this great, and this is a porn, you know what I mean? And like, we ended up doing it as an R rated movie as well. And like, right. it was kind of mind blowing. Like you get like, uh, I, I went to UC Santa Barbara when they, they, they actually showed it to their students and they were like, no shit. what the fuck dude. And it was like one of those things where, you know, I just, and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Dale really, um, he, his, he had, he had an ability as acting in his acting as well. And like, I just, I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. Like, I like that he, I want to, I want to do this and I want to do it as good or better. And I want to learn to do this shit. And I remember, I'll never forget that moment. I was doing Saturday night fever triple S and I was playing Travolta in that movie. <laughs> and, 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 and that was, that, that was the first like feature I did. Uh-huh. And, and, and Dale was playing Dale for the first time was playing a smaller role in a movie than me like he i was the lead and he was playing like you know one of the the travolta's friends in the movie you want to you know and um there's that you know in the movie there's that dinner scene where the mom smacks the son in the head and he's like my head hey, <laughs> what are you doing with my head you know whatever and like it was like a four-page dialogue and it was with nikki hunter evan stone as my dad and me and um <laughs> and 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 he stood in because i'll be honest with you a lot of times dale would come on my sets and he made me super fucking nervous like he did every time he was around, it just got super fucking nervous. And, um, I did a five page dialogue, four or five page dialogue sequence in one and his face like dropped. Cause he was just like, Holy shit. You know what I mean? Because there was a, there was a part where like, you know, he'd always traveled with another male performer who like never really like uh, took the ball. You know what I mean? Like it was him and Dale and they hung out every day. Nick knows who I'm talking about. And he never took the ball. He kind of just kind of like slithered around leeching on a Dale. Like this kind of was the mentality that was continuous. And like, we became friends and I like was actually trying to thrive to be something more. And he was just like, wow, like this is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, that was like, that was, it just started from there and just like really just continuously doing these bigger, bigger projects. And, then end up getting like Nick would. I, I get billing sometimes uh, in a movie where it's a starring Seth Gamble and the rest of the cast, which I'm a male performer and straight out of porn. It doesn't make sense. You, you know, know, so I, I got to say something and I don't know Dale very well. I, I, I told a funny story where I met him at the Venetian one time when Nick, Nick was supposed to be there. And then his wife at the time wouldn't like, was very angry with me and sent me some terrible text messages and Nick didn't come. If, if you recall that Nick, but I, you know, I met Dale. Oh yeah. I recall it. Oh, but I didn't really know like Dale that well, I guess. And I guess from like, we, we talked to, we had him on the podcast. I, I, I like, I'm not trying to make this goofy, but I'm sure he, he would love like the way you guys are talking about him. Like it's, it, I 
it's a testament to how great he was to you guys, I guess. Because when we talked to him, he seemed a little depressed. If you remember, Nick, we did. And I was kind of like, I actually kind of felt bad for the guy a little bit with stuff. But then, like, listening to you talk, like, Seth, how you, like, it meant so much. And, it, you know, his friendship with Nick and everything else, I... I think that, I don't think I don't think he like I, I don't think that it's amazing th- here it really is I guess through a guy I just interviewed and I kind of felt bad for him and it, it's I think I, he's in a different place in his life I think like, that like, I, this I, is yeah I, I just I think he's in a different place I hope he understands what kind of an influence he was I guess is what I'm saying you know what I mean to you guys no man dude I told he, you so many times like you know we'd be doing stupid characters like and, and i sometimes like the director doesn't tell you anything so they're either gonna get nick manning default mode or sometimes i just play the character as dale debone right yeah well, the, only, the only way i do i, I take his accent and i do his mannerisms and people yeah, yeah. Picking the fuck up. i'm, I'm dale know, this is a real guy yeah. Or dude, you could do Dale DeBone or Dale DeBone is the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <It's kind> of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you know, at the end of the day, like I, again, it's the camaraderie, man. You guys had such an awesome camaraderie. It's, and you know, the funny thing is it's like, it's not like that anymore. Like I don't have like this group of guys like back then it was different, man. Like you got to realize, like, even when I came in, there was like me, Nick and like 10 dudes, eight dudes. Right. There's like me and like, nine top guys and we're all like most of us are like contracted now to different companies uh like other people are contracted like brazzers or one of those companies and there's a lot of new a lot of newer guys but everybody is so like on this edge of like competing with each other and like i've never competed with other people and i'm sure nick can say the same thing if if i competed with anybody it was myself you know i've never i've always tried to like up myself i never and it's this idea because you got to realize like back when I started and even before when Nick started, like they were shooting a, a month, probably four to 500 scenes a month, you know, yeah. and now they're shooting like 150, you know what I mean? So the, the scenes got less. There's, there's a, there's a set of top guys, but there's 75 other guys that are like working sporadically here and there and trying to like make something. And it's, it's not the same time period. Like it's harder. I think it's harder now than it was then to build a name for yourself because the projects aren't there. The money isn't there. Uh, A lot of stuff's amateur based. The movies are, you know, you're, you're not really, not many people are getting, there's not so many bigger movies. So there's not as many opportunities to to thrive. And then if there is a big movie, they're going to go with the guy that they know they can drop a 60, 70, 80, $100,000 budget on and it not fuck the whole project up, you know, and not have to worry about that. You know what I mean? You know what it is too, and I, you're absolutely right. I mean, I I don't want to get into the whole conversation about you know the pirating and all the websites and everything else because half these big companies are in cahoots with these websites, which is what fucks you you actors and act, I mean actresses. I had a I was at Exotica years ago and I had a long conversation with somebody and it, it actually got somewhat heated because I there's a solution to that problem, but nobody's willing to do it because nobody wants to lose the money that they're getting for doing it. I guess, but. That, that 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 that's so the difference between how it was then and how it is now and and it's a weird in between because when when porn first started the guy didn't matter at all it was all about the girl and you had the you know the nastiest ugly guys you know not you know and and then when you guys got into it and listening to when Dale was on with Nick and you, I mean you guys were fucking rock stars am I right or yeah, wrong are you a rock it's star? It's, well it's and when I, when I got into business it was like a lot of us came in together it was like me and Dale and 
Evanstone and Barrett Blade. So, like, we all did movies together. Uh, Tommy Gunn came a little later. Eric Masterson. So, like, I hung out with these cats on set all the fucking time. So, we'd go to parties together. We Whatever. And now I just see that these guys are kind of fake to each other. Yeah, it's like crazy, we weren't. Man. We didn't have to be fake because we weren't. Like you said, we weren't competing. We were all doing yeah. fine. Like nobody cared. Like two shit. Yeah, it's just it's the thing. It's like you're you know, and, and that's the crazy part. It's like a, this guy doesn't like me because he, in his mind, think I work more than him. But yet we're working the same amount of days and nothing is different. Like, it's like, but, it's, but before we were just friends and we didn't think about shit like that. You're all fucking hot chicks. So who cares? You're all fucking hot chicks. What are you dude, I would pull up cancel culture, set. bro. And if I knew that like Dale or Evan was there and like, I didn't know that they were going to be there. Cause like whatever, like shit changed or they just got replaced or I'd walk in and be like, fuck Yeah. Yeah, right, you know, the day's gonna be fun. Yeah, we're with our friends, you know, and like, don't get me wrong, like, I still do have friends in the business. It's just like we don't end up on the same sets because, like, you know, as Nick knows, you know, as as you get as your value goes up, so does your price, and they can't have the high all yeah. high price guys on the same set. You know, back then it didn't matter. Now it's different. Like they're gonna have one high price guy, and the rest are gonna be guys that are maybe you know getting to that point, haven't gotten there yet. You know, so it's a, it's not the it's not even that uh, I'm only hang, I'm hanging out people with that, but the guys that I gr- I came up with in my age range or my uh, of the business, you know, we're all d- doing this amount, and they're all we're all spread out. So it's a, it's a different mentality. But well, we're back and, then. And then there's always bro the politics of things fucks up everything. And I'll give you a great example. Mark Stone, great director. Yeah, I, I did missed a that guy. shitload of movies for this cat. Kung Fu Nurses was one that it was, I was this character, Mr. Thermopolis. And Evan Stone was this character, De La Soul. Now, we must have done 20 of these fucking things. And people would be like writing on like, You'd see it on blog sites or whatever. Mr. Thermopolis is the greatest character in the history of entertainment. Like, <laughs> so people love this. It made a lot of money. Me and Evan would beat the fuck out of each other in the kung fu scenes. And, like, oh, that sounds hilarious. Fun. And Mark Stone had a falling out with the company. Then when he went back, they said, well, we'll let you direct, but. No Evan Stone and no Nick Manning. Like, so it's like, what, you're hating on us because we made great fucking movies together? Well, no, there's, it's even weirder now, man, because, like, I'll give you an example. Like, it's, a lot of times people get booked together. It's based on a, a, an, uh, an algorithm. Well, yeah, so if, we talked about that. The, yeah. You know what the algorithm the, is? Dropping loads is the coolest thing that ever happened. To <laughs> no shit. Yeah, like, yeah, we don't need I mean? an algorithm. But it's so weird. Like, well, we're booking. I can walk down be, the we're booking. Street and have people screaming at me. No, it's crazy. It's like I'll get booked for a scene, and they'll be like, "Okay, so the algorithm put you two together, and uh, you, these are the photos of the screenshots we need specifically because the algorithm said so." And it's this really insane thing, and it's like it's very different, man. All it's, that it's, shit it's, goes. Hang on, all that shit goes into that. 
Oh yeah, it's crazy. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, man. And it's funny too because it's like you'll shoot for one company and they got pictures from some other company's movie that they want you to copy, and then it's like this whole. It's like. It's, by, by the way, by the way, do we know who's controlling the algorithm? Algorithms, right? Well, I mean, no. It's not the. Yeah, fucking, I'll tell you who. Some yeah. failed male talent. No, <laughs> right. It's like I remember I'd be on scenes and some failed male talent the director, and he's telling me how to fuck the chick. I'm like, what the fuck would you know about it? You know what? That's so fucking funny, man. Because it's it's even like in a radio situation where you'd have a uh, a consultant who would come in and try to tell you what the fuck you're doing. You know what a consultant was? A failed radio guy. <laughs> Who got a job doing something else, trying to tell me how to do my fucking job when I'm still on the radio getting number one ratings? Yes. It's strange, man. When I worked on Wall Street, there were people I'd walk in their office. I'd be like, oh, I see what's going on here. Your job is to not get fired. Right, exactly. Like, right. And to me, it's like, again, we talked it's about so it early in the podcast. I cannot live my life in fear. Right? Me neither, man. I mean, when you're playing baseball and there's 95 mile hour balls whizzing past your head, like, or when I'm in a gym and I'm squatting 600 pounds, which could, which could kill me, like, fear is out the window. And, like, I cannot do a job where I'm not going to be passionate about it. And my job is to not get fired. Like, I'm looking for mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And that's the thing, man. I think a lot of, I think, you know, in general, this, there's a lot of that that goes into a lot of business now. It's not like people are, it's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the culture or whatever it is, but, um, it's your, whole I just, life, dude, it's well, like your, your whole life right now, unless you've got the fuck you, you know, money or ratings or whatever it is, or, you know, obviously your, your fame or whatever it is to not get fired. That's what it is. It's, it's like to not have somebody look at you for who you really are. It's like, yeah. So many people are walking around that I know this because I, I have to do it all the time. Is they look they look at you like you like you walk around like fake and you're never yourself because you're uncomfortable with being yourself. And well, then they're my, walking around scared all the time, man. I had a I had a call with yeah, our entertainment I am, attorney I know last I am. week. I had a call with our entertainment attorney last week, and I was telling him uh, what we were doing and this and that, and he's like, "So, what do you think about the state of the adult business?" I'm like. Honestly, it's always been kind of profitable. Uh, I couldn't tell you what the future holds, but I go, as you can see, the Nick Manning business is excellent. Yeah, well, and, and, so and it's so like yeah. at, at some point, because of all these factors, I just stopped participating with the rest of them and just did my own thing. Yeah, yeah. you got to, you know, that's the best way to do it, man. Like, you got to, like, you got, look, you know, your lane, you stay, you, you know how to make, you know, it works, that works. You know what I mean? And that's just where it is. You just got to stay in the lane that works. Uh, for me, it's like, and then break barriers as much as you can. And that, and that's for yourself. I, I don't know. I, I just, that's all I can try to do on a regular I, I basis. This, so. I, I find this whole conversation very interesting, but I, I want to get into some other stuff just quickly because number one, one thing that I, I find interesting what both of you were saying, and it's, We've never been around Evan Stone together, but I met Evan multiple times, and the dude, <laughs> like he and I clicked instantly. 
He clicks with everyone. Evan is the funniest motherfucker on the planet. But I, so find true. It, I find it so funny because, you know, Nick and I were fr- have been friends for 20 years, you know, and he started off coming to my radio show or whatever. And then like Seth and I were talking on the phone and we were talking about he, he took a trip to Cleveland and we got into the whole that whole situation, that whole story. I don't know if we can get into it. I think it's a great story, but I don't know. No, you do whatever you want. I'll yeah. talk about whatever you want, man. But he, what was very interesting, guy. I'll very briefly. I'll bring it up. But uh, Peter North used to live right outside of where I live, and I, I think I told you this, Nick. But mm-hmm. uh, which was wild because I'm like, like who, who's from this area? Who's whatever? So I was talking to Seth, and he's like, oh, I'm in Hawaii, and I'm like, oh, good for fucking you. It's like 48 <laughs> degrees right now, and you know, outside. <laughs> You know, so I've been to Cleveland once or whatever. It was, it was interesting because he was flown in to do some scenes for Peter North, who he was married to at the time. And I'm not going to try to get into all that bullshit. But it was, like, wild because I became kind of, like, close with Peter North and whatever. And I'm sitting there like, this is, you know, kind of wild. But then, like, Evan Stone was hilarious because I, I knew I, – I, I think I told you this, Nick, but we were at an Exotica. And I couldn't find a cigar. And I wanted a cigar. And Evan knew that I wanted a cigar because he, I walk right by him outside. I only met the guy like four times. He looks at me and he goes, well, the cigar is great, no? You know, it's like, you motherfucker. But at that, at that point, I knew we were kind of tight because you could bust somebody's balls and fuck around or whatever. So I find it really interesting to hear you three guys talk about that and just how it was. And that's what probably the industry is missing now, which is why it is the way it is, is because it's all about getting yours, getting what you can, getting out, whatever. There isn't that. I, I, I don't want to keep using the word camaraderie, but the, just that that tight knit community the way it is it seems like everybody right now is just out for it's the, very it's and not very spread for, out and not, and not for the big picture which is how do we make this industry better like what well, it's also different because i think uh at this point in in the business when it comes to like doing scenes or in movies and stuff like that uh there's not as much say uh with the directors or the talent of who's in what movie or what's going on with what it's it's a it's more the the companies that own the 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 sites or per right. se like that that then play a part in who's in the movie rather than the director going hey these are my people i want to do this movie or i'm going to mix this cast around or do this so then you end up on the set and there's camaraderie built it's it's not as it's not as prevalent like i'm fortunate you know obviously like i work for axel axel's a very hands-on director who like make sure make sure that i these are who i want in my movie and that's the end of it you know what i mean and uh it's one of the reasons and it's not very and back in that in in those times that's that was very prevalent like you had nick and dale and evan and in every movie even when i was around like dude evan stone played my dad like 360 times dude like (laughs) Like, I mean, the guy was always playing my dad in every movie. Like it was, ins- I mean, like I've fucking, I love Evan, dude. Like I've God, I've, I've been, I've learned so much from him as well, man. Like he's just, Evan's a fucking icon, dude. Like he's, he's one of the best dude. And, and it's, that's the thing, man. It's not, you know, what's the, great about it too is, is he's a cool guy. It's yeah, like, people sure. always say like, you should never meet your idols. You know, they always say you're going to be let down, you know? And it's like, he's a cool guy. I mean, just like Nick is a fucking cool guy. It's like, I couldn't have imagined the first time I saw his fucking movie and he's call yourself a hooker, take your fucking, and I'm laughing my fucking ass off at this guy. I'm dying. 
I'm, I'm, I'm crying so hard. I'm like, the, the whole story about that was I was like, like, you know, you get a porn movie, you want to jack off to it. You know, I'm in Nashville. I'm doing nights. And, you know, things are all right. They get his movie and I'm trying to jerk off because it's the hottest chicken. This guy's fucking making me laugh. You know, which was which, which was great. So I'll, I'll never forget. I saw another one of his movies. I talked to him on the phone one time, and I go to my buddy who I was with. I go, that guy's Radio Gold. I said, I'm telling you right now, that motherfucker is Radio Gold. He's the he, he's instant entertainment, and to have him on the air from 2003 or whatever, then to hear that he was on Howard. You know, it's like as a radio guy, who's your icon? You know what I mean? You whatever. Of course. He's, fucking howard stern and it was probably my my coolest moment ever was to say i recognize nick before howard stern recognized nick that's cool and to, and to me that was like holy shit like you you were you were talking about earlier about having that it factor and there's there's a lot of people who have it and don't like it seems like you're one of those guys too where you don't necessarily understand it. It's like you you're huge, you're a star, you you've been fantastic, you beat the the porn industry, you're that person, but you almost are kind of like, okay, I put in a lot of work or whatever, but you maybe kind of don't get it. I've talked to Nick enough times to know where sometimes Nick's just like I'm, I'm just Nick, I'm just who I am, I'm whatever. Yeah. He doesn't whatever. I think a lot of people who have that if factor part of that is you don't understand why you had that in fact or what makes you who you are with things. And it, it was just a, it was a remarkable feeling to, to, to hear him on Stern, you know, and everything else. And just like, holy shit. Like I did something before, you know, before Howard did or whatever. It was it was it was absolutely mind blowing. You know, it, it, it was I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It was, it was just a crazy kind of wild feeling. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's got to be, man. Like it's. it's I think you, like you said, like you saw what he, you seen the it factor in Nick. Like we don't see, like, I think people who have it, they don't, we don't like go around being like, I mean, unless you're just an arrogant bastard and being like, right, yeah, exactly. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, and you're just like, yeah, you know, and, and I mean, you know, knowing Nick personally, like he's never, he's never been that way. Never. He's just straightforward. He's straightforward. He's, he's who he is. And like, he owns who he is and he loves who he is. And he's a great guy. And that's, that's always like I strive to be the same way, and that's that's I think that's what makes it. You know what I mean? Well, like, I I, th I think it's like what I was saying before. It's like maybe the people that have the it factor are the people that are just being real. Yeah. And the reason I, that right. you can't have the it factor is because you're fake. Yeah. It, I, it's I the truth. Right. I think I if right. you can't be real in real life, how are you going to be real in front of a camera? I've, like, told, this, <laughs> I've told this story to Mo a couple of times. I'll I agree. I'll, I I'll, rem I'll remind you. So I used to play a lot of. Uh, PlayStation hockey. I, oh, I remember. Black, I'd play the Blackhawks with, and I'd play the one with Probert, Amonti, and uh, Jeremy Roenick. And uh, every day, yeah. So <laughs> I'd be sitting down there on the floor, playing in my robe, and Seth and Dale would walk into the living room. They'd be like, "What the fuck, man? You get your fucking haircut or hair transplant or something? You you look different, man." That was like, Dale, not me. Like, yes, he did say that. I'd be too. like, no, I shaved. They're like, bullshit, man. You're like on growth hormones or something. Like, I'm like, no, I shaved. They're like, Jesus Christ, man. You look 20 years younger. And then, like, a month later, be down there again playing. Oh, it was like fucking Groundhog's Day. 
Here they come. Quit doing yourself, man. <laughs> Dude, Look, Dale you know, could not. Dale could not get like, over it. He's, like, he's doing something. <laughs> I don't like. I must look old when I have stuff oh, on my face. Dude, Dale couldn't get over it. He always was like, yeah, he did something. Like, I'm telling you, did like, something. What, the fuck? I'm like, what do you think I could have done? You saw me last night. Oh, like, so by ten o'clock in the morning, I went and had surgery. <laughs> he was always consumed with that. It seemed like, like, like why does this motherfucker look better than I do? Was like, well, it was, you know, you know, you know how that is. Though it was never, it's never about Nick. It was about himself. He was like, why can't I look thirty years younger? What do I gotta do? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I sit here. And it's like, dude, you're gonna go fuck the same hot chicks too. What are you worried about, bro? It's like, I like, I can't understand why any guy would compete in the porn industry. It's like you're, you're fucking all the hottest chicks. You already got your price already out of the way like i mentioned before you got laid now just enjoy the fucking day man it's like and i'll tell you bro that is where that is the attitude of evan stone <laughs> he evan stone feels like he won the fucking lotto dude well, every time right i have party listen i have party with evan multiple times and it is great partying with him and it's i gotta tell you well we're, we're, I, well, we're probably not allowed to say, but the person he is dating that I don't know if people, whatever, it, it is so cute and awesome to see all that. Too. Oh, yeah. It, it really too. She's great. Dude. But She's to great. see that together is awesome. Like, I, oh, was, yeah. I mean, you don't really like, I got to tell you, I think about it, it's like they're a perfect couple. From an outsider's perspective, okay, this is a total outsider. The first time I realized that, and we're trying to have people on, but I was like, well, that just fucking makes sense. I go, hey, that's, I felt the same way. Yeah, I, I, I did. I felt the same but way. Then, Dude, I'll tell you. I mean, but then you see them interact. I've been friends with them from the fucking beginning. I did one of Katie's first scenes. <laughs> oh, like, there you go. And, uh, and <laughs> fucking Katie Morgan is like, I used to play poker with her. Nick, Nick, like, Nick. Go Nick, to her Nick, house Nick, for poker Nick, games. Nick, Nick. Like, hey, he ain't even paying attention. Are you? Are we allowed to say that? Because I don't know if that's common knowledge. Yeah, everybody knows they're dating. Everybody knows they're dating. Yeah, everybody knows. Because like, they didn't know when I. Knew. I got. A, I actually got a great, a great uh, Evan Katie story. I was at. Uh, we were. At, well, well we were let me at, just finish what I'm right, saying. Right, right. It's like, and one day I was sitting on a couch when Katie was in the makeup chair, and I said, and I was thinking in my head, Katie would make a great girlfriend for somebody. And you, and it's like, yeah, now she is. is. That's funny. That is no, funny. they were meant for each other, man. They were meant for each other. I have seen those guys. My my first story with those two, all right, and it was with a – I don't know how far to take. We're already talking for an hour and a half, and I find this so interesting. So if you guys need to go, let me know. But it was I, – I, I, I went to the Exotica. I went to a comedy show where it was Ron Jeremy and a couple other people or whatever. It was really good. So I walk in. And Dillian Harper was there. Did you ever bang Dillian, Seth? Yeah. Yeah, I know Dillian really well. Yes, so she had come to town where I live, and they bring a lot of uh, porn stars in. So I walk in, and she's like, Dillian says, hey, Mo, what's up? So I'm like, oh, this is cool. She recognized me. Kind of like in Vegas when I got lucky and walked into a room, and Brianne Benson and Amory Rios were like, hey, Mo, what's up? And I'm like, well, this is fucking awesome. I'm going to have VIP. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard those names in a long time. Dude, yeah. I walked in. I walked across uh, Las Vegas Boulevard smoking a bowl with Amory Rios, and that's the night I met uh, uh, Dale DeBone. I told him about the Bible you gave him, Nick. Yeah. So 
Uh, so it, it, you know all that's going on, and then I look to my left, and it's like there's Evan Stone and fucking Katie Morgan. So we're watching the comedy show. I call my Uber. They had an Uber. We're kind of right in the vicinity, and uh, Evan goes, "Hey, you want to hitch a ride with us with Katie Morgan and everything else?" We're like, well, "I'm like, fuck yeah, of course I do." It's like you know whatever. <laughs> so fucking Tory Lane was in the Uber. Oh, Tory. What? Oh. So, what is gonna happen? <laughs> So Tory Lane is going whatever the fuck Tory Lane is doing. And I like my first impression was Evan. He turned around. He goes, you better shut the fuck up now. Like pissed off <laughs> at Tory Lane because she was at, I was like, holy shit, this guy gets mad, you know? So then we go out, we go for a <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was like, he got pissed real fast. And I was like, I instantly knew like watching that. He gets it because he's professional. It's like, all right, we're here. People know who we are. We got to maintain professionalism. She's acting like a whack job. So he was like, fucking shut up now. You know, was this, a, was this in Tampa? This was at Exotica. What the fuck is that? Did you open your door? It's cold it's up here. And turn the heat on. <laughs> it's the radio sound effect. <laughs> no, it was, at, it was at Exotica in, oh, okay. uh, in Columbus, Ohio, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, but then it was like, I see, uh, like, uh, Katie Morgan and him together and everything else, and I'm watching them, and they're out looking for Pokemans and shit, you know, you do the Pokemon or whatever, and I'm looking at them, I go, those two are so fucking cute, I go, this is this is just meant to be, you can tell, it was awesome, <laughs> it was a great thing, but they were so cool that I was, like, sh- like kind of shocked, because, I mean, everybody knew, like, Katie Morgan is a huge star. Yeah, of course. And, you know, and then it was it was uh, you know Evan Stone and we you know for pirates and everything else or whatever. It's like these two are so fucking cool, and I think it's awesome from an outsider. And I, I think the listeners will think the same thing is that you kind of find out from talking to you know obviously you know Nick Manning and Seth Gamble is that they were they, that's who they are. They're just cool people. They're nice people. They're whatever. And it's it's a I would almost say it's a refreshing story to hear. You know what I mean? Like to hear that these guys are just cool and shit. No, yeah, man, it, it, it really is. And I think that's the thing, though. I think one thing that industry has the ability to give you is that you're, if you allow it to, is it, it can let you be free, more free than most people because you're free with your sexuality. You're free to have, you know, you're just in a free place to just, you know, be you. And, and sometimes it's weird because you'll be in, like Evan said, like you'll, he was like, he's like, shut the fuck up now because like then you yeah. end up being, you being in these situations where like, Yes, you have to get a, a level of professionalism, but at the end of the day, when we're it's like when we're in our community, like we could just like say whatever, be whatever, and it's not this weird thing because like some of the shit that we talk about, like <laughs> we, amongst ourselves, <laughs> is 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 some next level shit that if you talked about with like uh, quote unquote whatever normal actually is would be like. You know, what I mean? like what are you fucking saying? So I, I, I told Nick, I said the most boring parties I've ever gone to. We're porn star parties. Because oh, yeah, we I, suck. I had this expectation <laughs> that it was a fucking orgy, and I was going to get my dick sucked by 30 different women, and it was going to be insane. Like, that was my impression of what I was going to live. And I'm at these parties, and I'm like, well, this is just fucking stupid. I go, you guys ain't doing nothing. This, But it's like, that's what you guys do. That's your job. You fuck for a living. So now... You're just hanging out, bullshitting, and dude, talking. it's like anybody else. You go to the bar, you shoot the shit, have a couple of drinks, go home. But but see, but normal guys do that, and then they want to go fuck afterwards. Well, that's the thing. Oh, I, I think I, we're I fortunate. Was. As soon as I woke up in the morning, I'd be driving to set. 
Exactly. I think that's. I think that's where we were. I think that's where we're probably most lucky is that we do have sex for a living. So the the act of connecting with people is more alluring on a personal level than just fucking. Right. <laughs> so no, exactly. It, it beca- so something that you know so many people put so much emphasis on you're getting on a regular basis so you're actually like feeding that beast so then you don't have to feed that beast as often so when well, you're out you get to actually experience people i don't what if, exactly. i don't know right. if you remember this exactly. Set, but like, exactly. if i was dating like at the house whoever i was like just a fuck buddy a date whatever like <laughs> exactly it's, hey, if she would come over we'd bang and then we'd go out to dinner yeah, like, exactly. It's just like, That's we might as well get this over with and then go have a nice evening. Well, yeah, because if you suck, why am I ever going to talk to you again? <laughs> well, I mean, plus, it's like, I don't know that we could hang all the way to Hollywood with the sexual tension. Be banging in the You're car like, anyhow. You you should have my you should have my wife on, man. You'll love her because she's so straightforward. She, she, she'll, who is huh? your wife? Who is your wife? Her, I'm just curious. Her, her name's uh, Kenzie Taylor is her stage name. Oh, God, she'll, I know. She'll, she'll say she'll she she'll, she would say shit like this like you know I have we'll have random conversations and she'll be like she's like you know if you weren't a good fuck like I wouldn't be with you like you know what I mean like this is the kind of shit she'll say to me and I'm just like like okay I get it like you know what I mean but it's like she's like she's like us like you know I and I think the cool thing is she's like she's like this hot blonde with big tits and a great body and but like a dude yeah <laughs> like she's like a you know she's like a the dude that's like like like. Well, the tire has an issue, and she's like, "I'll fucking fix it." And I'm like, "Jesus Christ, okay." Like, let me put my fucking dress on, you fucking bro. <laughs> do you remember when we did that movie, Broadcast News, for uh, Will for Jeff Ryder? Mullen? Yeah, yeah. So, Will Ryder, sorry. So <laughs> that was one of those scenes that it was Skin Diamond, where like every time we were with Skin Diamond, we got nominated for an award. I was like, what's the big thing about Skin Diamond? Everyone loves, right? But anyway, they're on a they're fucking setting shit up. Me and Seth roll up a ball of paper and we're throwing it across the room playing catch with it while these <laughs> assholes are fucking around. Like, Dude, I did my scene at fucking 5.15 in the morning. Yeah. That that movie. Yeah. For, yeah, I remember that. That shit was like... But that was Will Ryder, man. Like, yeah. it's funny because at this point, it's crazy. I remember, like, I don't really... Obviously, even before the contract, I don't work for Will often because... Uh, Will Will has a Will's Will according to Will his budgets aren't very good, <laughs> so. But uh, uh, Will Will's a great guy. He's a good friend. I love him. But yeah, that was a that was a fun one, man. That was yeah. fun. That was a. But fun I mean, yeah, it's like three o'clock in the fucking morning. I haven't even done my scene yet. His scenes after mine, and they're yeah. fucking around to the point where we're playing catch with paper we're, balls <laughs> in in some warehouse that they dressed up as an office. <laughs> Dude, you know what? I mean, you guys were just living the fucking fraternity life. I mean, yeah, you were, you were, you but were, now I try. I'm doing it different now, man. It's, you are doing it different, but I, I, I got to tell you, like you were telling me when we were talking on the phone that, like, you're in Hawaii and then you got this big deal and, like, you, you know, you're getting paid a shit ton of money. I mean, it's like you're, you're living. Well, yeah, because you know what? I, I, I thought about this like this. Like, you know, I, I wanted to get to a point in my career where like, I guess in the best way to say it, like I want to be, when I perform on sets, I want it to be like on a boutique style. I want it to be everything I do. I want it to have some, like to be a good project and like, you know, being in LA and uh, at the end of the day, it was, it was just a thing. Like you, you look at mainstream actors, like do does uh, uh, Brad Pitt or um, uh, Johnny Depp or these guys, they don't live in Hollywood and do movies. 
they they do they get a, they get movies and they travel in to do their thing and then they leave and i just thought it was an interesting approach to uh doing this job because i think that there's pluses and minuses to being in the community all the time because you need i wanted to have some separation as well because like think about this i'm an 18 year old kid i've been in the mix constantly in the porn mix till i'm 33 years old i wanted to i didn't want to stop performing I didn't want to stop performing. I wanted to still do my job, but I, I wanted to like find another version of myself separated from the business on that extreme. I'm in the middle of it uh, mentality. Cause I felt like that was important for me in general. I, 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 I get what you're saying with all that, but all I'm saying is good for fucking you, dude. I mean, you're living in fucking Hawaii. No, it's amazing. I, I'm, I can't, you're a superstar. You're a porn star. You're I, I obviously know Kenzie Taylor is. Trust me. So I'm good for fucking you, dude. Seriously. I mean, my no. I'm 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 fortunate, bro. I wouldn't I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it lucky. I worked my ass off. So. Exactly. That's what I was. That's what I was going to say. The, the way you were talking about everything, like how everything works out, it's like, dude. You did. You took it to the next level, and that's where people don't do it. It's the it's that X factor, the it factor, whatever you want to call it. To take yourself to that next level, you got to work your fucking ass off to do it. It's fun. Everything's fun. I mean, fucking radio's fun, porn's fun, everything's fun. But to make it a career, to make it a life, to 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 make you know again how you said to separate yourself from everybody else. That's the fucking work, you know, and that's the, you know, the reward and I guess the self-fulfilling kind of feeling you get. I mean, it, 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 it's got to be, man. I, I guess that's the only way I can say it. Dude, I told, I told him on the phone when he said he wanted to be on and I called him. I that's was awesome. Like, I'm proud of you, bro, because I know, it meant a lot. what he's accomplished is that's not cool. simple, right? No, it's not. No, people bust out in this business. And I've never, and that's the thing. And Nick knows this. And we talked about it on this phone. And he's, this is one thing he did say on the phone that reminded me. There was a point in the business. No one fucking liked me. Like what? nobody fucking liked me, bro. Because they were, because they were jealous. I mean, you're I, good. I, it was a lot of things, dude. Like I was a, you think about it. Like when you're Nick Manning and you're straightforward and you're crass, you get away with it. When you're Seth Gamble and you're new and you're young and you don't give a fuck what you say, and you just say it how it is, people don't like that shit. They, they, it's just, it, I, wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't in a place yet where I could just, I, you, like you said, you have to work to a point where you could be like, uh, I, was, I was already acting the way that I, that I would just be me and just be normal when I was younger. And on top of it, look, uh, and my, my old agent would, would attest to this and everybody would attest to this, I was the guy, and a lot of people hated this about me the most, was I would fucking get coked out till 5, 6 in the morning. I would show up to set at 9 a.m. and do two scenes and not have wood problems. And and there were people, and but that pissed people off. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, dude. I mean, from my perspective, and the reason I said I was proud of him is, uh, from what I saw when he was living in my house, Seth was doing everything he could to derail himself. Yes, and 100%. If you would ask me... If 15 years later, or 13 years later, whatever, he'd still be doing this, I'd have been fucking no chance. No, same. Oh. I, I probably, the, if you would have talked to me 21 years old, 22 years old, I didn't, I didn't, I, I thought they would have definitely like, it's hard to get kicked out of porn, but I was definitely trying. <laughs> I could definitely say I was trying. It was just one of those things, man. Like I, I literally was just 
living this party rock star lifestyle. And I, the only thing that kept me going was like at my core, I was a good dude. But at the end of the day, like I still was able to perform, but, but my personality was very, and, and hanging out with a lot of people, you know, and there were people that I was around that had a lot of attitude that I adopted. And, and at the end of the day, like one day I, I got humbled from, from addiction. You know, I think that's really what, what like, changed everything for me like that's 100 percent what changed everything for me and 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 you know the thing about that for me is like i never really got i mean i don't have an addictive personality like i never got into the party scene because like people say nick manning's all about his money so for me it was always i'm making sure shit's buttoned up right but when i mean one of the people that i loved in the business was billy glide I loved him. And when Billy died, that was when I was like, man, this is now the 10th person in my life in this business that I was close to. Uh, most of them were women, but some of them were guys that are dead now, like yeah. 30 years too soon. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, Bill Bailey passed like, away. Man, too. I don't know where these cats keep doing this shit because it never turns out right. No, it's it's true. I, one guy came up with me, uh, Bill Bailey. He died too. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, he, him. Uh, he's from Tennessee, yeah, he, he, right? Yeah, he uh, yeah yeah he he was partying in Mexico, and there was an accident, and he fell, and it was done. And it was like it was the saddest shit, man. It's just at the end of the day, too. It's like there was a generation. Nick was one of the few guys in that generation that wasn't partying like a fucking like, oh, crazy. Yeah. He was business oriented and, and very like about his money. And like, it's funny. Cause when I got sober, that became my full obsession, my full, cause I'm an, I have an addictive personality. So I did what I should have done my whole career. I fucking made up for it right. <laughs> in four <laughs> years. And you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, a lot of things in my personal life suffered from it because I was like, this, this was like an obsession of mine. I was like, I'm going to live up to the potential I know I can do. And if I yep. can't, then I know that I, at least I did it all to get there. And I did. And it's like, fuck dude. And then it's like, what's next? Okay, cool. I want to fucking move to Hawaii, my wife and fucking, you know, and, and then still do my job and then, and then have that still there and do have fun doing it. Cause it, I, I give you, I'll give you serious though. Like when I go there for work, it's more fun again. It, it made it more fun because I'm, literally like it's like oh it's new because i'm going back it's not like yeah. oh i'm going to work i'm going to work yeah. instead of it being like every day like i'm going to work i'm going to work because no matter what you do for a living if you do it every day three times a day two three times a day, you get fucking burnt out there's no fucking way as a human being you're not gonna get burnt. i mean not every evan stone's the only man i know that it's like literally never got burnt out <laughs> we gotta end this but you know what it is seth it seems like your desire to achieve your goal was more powerful than your addiction and there's not a lot of people who do have that and you recognize that and and you did it i i, I know a lot of people who've tried to get sober who have gotten sober and i can't imagine because there's temptation around every corner so i don't know how you guys do it you know just i had a lot of, i had a lot of help i had a lot yeah. of help and i and i decided uh, you know, anybody young, I will say young, uh, who, who struggles with addiction. I think the biggest issue is, is and I will say this was one of my biggest issues. What Nick said, derailing myself. Uh, there's a part of you when you're an addict that you feel like, you know, what's best for you all yeah. the time. Like you have the answer and you know, it. and sometimes you just fucking don't. And like, yeah. and until you can just go like, you know what, man, like I need to like step back and like, 
you know, listen to some people that have more experience in this area of my, uh, of life and go, okay, I've learned these things. Now I have to learn this thing. And then once I learn this thing, I can track myself into what I actually want in life. And that's like really, that's really the, the in a nutshell, what it really, what it is. Yeah. I, I, and you know what? I, I don't, I, I don't have an addictive personality either, but whenever I see somebody overcome that, I, I'm always I, I I have a lot of respect for that because uh, you know, I've had family members and everything else who've been a part of that, but whenever somebody could actually, you know, kick that and uh, and still it's, go it's on, tough, man. It is tough, but you did it. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah. I know what you say is like, it, like every day is hard and every day is whatever, but you. It's, still- not, it's not every. It, it's the beginning's a little hard, but after that, it's like it just becomes a, a lifestyle, man. Like there you go. I, when Nick when Nick met me, I was. Uh, about a buck, buck forty, soaking wet. I'm like a buck. I'm like one ninety five. You know, like I became the you know the way Nick was. I mean, Nick would be up at six in the morning working out every fucking day. That's how. I mean, I don't get up at six, but I, I work out every fucking day. That's become my fucking thing. Like I, I exercise a lot. I, I do the things that you know. I try to be athletic. Like these are, you know, you just the things that I wanted to do, but I was too busy getting fucked up. You know, what I'm except if you if you died. You wouldn't be fucking all the hot chicks. So, you That's know what? true, man. If there's true. not, if there's a reason to stay alive, man, it's fucking all the hot chicks you get to fuck. Because, again, we, I, I, we have to end this. This all got into a great conversation. I love everything we've talked about. But I, 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 we got to turn it to a sexual nature for a moment because I'm like. Let's please. I, I was sitting. I was sitting here, and we only got like five more minutes. But I was sitting here, and I was going through like I type in Seth Gamble. You know, I was like, I knew who the guy was, and I'm like, Danny Daniels. And I go, this motherfucker, he fucked Danny Daniels. <laughs> I go, Danny Daniels did shit only, and only for like, I don't know, six months did dudes. And this motherfucker banged Danny Daniels. Good for him. Then he also fucked Michelle James, who we had on the show. Uh, Love her. You know what's funny about Michelle? She used to listen to me as a kid. Like when she was going through junior high, because she's from uh, Dubinville, Ohio, when I was in Kansas. She used to listen to me, which was interesting. But I'm the first two fucking scenes I see with Seth are Danny Daniels <laughs> and fucking Michelle James. I go, fuck this guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, you, like, you still. I, I've, had it, I've had it pretty good, man. <laughs> you, you still have to sit there. Is there ever a time? I, I want to hear when it was. When Nick can't answer this question because he's been a pimp his whole life, but <laughs> when you were like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna fuck this chick," like a girl that you maybe saw when you were growing up or whatever it was, or she was just whatever she was like, I would have thought Nick fucking Janine would have been like, "Holy shit, I'm." Gonna oh fuck man, that's that's one I wish I could a time machine back to. But Nick Definitely. said. Uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick predicted he was going to fuck Janine five years before he fucked yeah. her. Like, Damn. he's a, he's a, he's I, a I, okay. So the one, the one, I'll, I will say that the one time, like, there's been a ton of times, but I remember the one time that it was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Was um, I was shooting a scene for Bluebird, and Lee Garland was the makeup artist. Recipes, remember Lee? Yeah. Lee Garland was the makeup artist, and he's like, oh my god, Brianna's got to meet you. You know, like going off on me, and it was talking about Brianna Banks, and this was like 15 years ago. She was still like hot in her prime and like uh hank londoner who's a director back then they set up this whole shoot for us to do a scene together it wasn't even like a 
she paid for all of it and all this crazy. You remember the limo, Nick? <laughs> yeah. The limo and do you remember house? the new, when we had the New Year's party at my house? Yeah. Yeah. There? And yeah. She, we yeah she, she lived because she was like, she did. I was like, hey, we're just gonna go hang out at Nick's house, right? And so I, <laughs> uh, so I did this scene. I, I, I did this scene with Brianna Banks, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm working with fucking Brianna Banks. Like this is Brianna fucking Banks, you know? And but it was so funny because she like took a liking to me. So I'm sorry, this is adding onto a story on top no, of what you're saying. It, go ahead. Yeah. But it's it's funny because so Brianna's like so stoked. She's like, Do you want to spend New Year's with me? And I'm like, uh yeah, I want to spend New Year's with Brianna Banks. Like, Are you serious? I'm like, you gotta realize I'm twenty one year old kid. Brianna Banks is like likes me. Like, what the fuck? Um, I'm like, you know, and you know, because you think about Jenna and Brianna and like this girl's an icon, you know? And um, She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick you up from your house. And, like, I'm like, oh, we're just going to hang out with, like, Barrett and his girl and Nick and his girl. And then we're just going to hang out. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I'm coming in style. This chick comes to his house to pick me up. No, picks me up at – because at the time, I wasn't living with you yet. I was living with Lindsay Meadows. Oh, yeah, so she, yeah, yeah. So she picks me up from Lindsay Meadows' house in a limo, a stretch limo, to take me to Nick's house. No shit. Wow. But, but it was like – but because she had this – she, I guess she had this like thing, like we were going to do something that like going out or somewhere, like doing something extravagant. We're just going to Nick's house. Going to my house is extravagant. Of course. I'm not taking, I'm not taking that away, but she was thinking we're going to the club. We're going to the club. We had chicks up our ass. Exactly. But, but I'm talking about her perspective. She's like, we're going to the club. We're doing all this shit and we're going to Nick's, which is obviously. <laughs> like a pretty uh, dude it was a fucking amazing night but it but i but i will say like that was a that was a really big thing for me and it was funny because he had this little makeup uh box and it was like pictures of him and nick and him and dale and like back from like two th early 2000s and stuff like that but i would definitely say brianna banks was one that i was like holy fucking shit but the but a lot of the girls you're talking about were like were in my generation so it was very different there was more yeah. of a we're on the same thing but it was like when i'm as working with women that were like, uh, you know, legendary in the time before me. Like, I remember the first time I worked with like Julia Ann, I was like, Oh my God, I'm working with fucking Julia Ann. Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? Or like, you know, to me, it was like a couple girls. I didn't, the one time I didn't get to work with a girl that I was like, Oh my God, uh, was <laughs> I was doing a soft core movie and, uh, the, there was a, Oh, we're bringing in this old, this, this, uh, legendary performer to direct the sex for the soft core for co-ed for Robert Lombard. And, um, it was Sydney Steele, and I was just like, "Oh my god, dude!" I was like, "I mean, that was probably when I started looking into porn." I was like, "I thought she was like the shit." I was no, like, I, I, Steele. I'll, I'll tell you something, nasty Nick. You working with Sydney Steele tomorrow, man? He goes, "You make sure you tell her to call Dale, man." I, I love, I love that Sydney Steele, man. I want her to be my girlfriend. But yeah, there's plenty of girls. I was just like fully like, "Oh my god, I'm very attracted to her. This is this is amazing." But like those were like that. I think that was like to me cool because like at the end of the day too, like and Nick knows like uh, as a male performer, like you working with girls that are like with names, your name gets big bigger. Like either people are going to see you when you're working with a name. It's like I, I don't. I always compare uh, porn to WWE wrestling shit, like WWF. <laughs> right. It's like it's like having a match. It's like some wrestlers having a match with The Rock. Like you yeah. know, you know that person's going to get noticed. It's yeah. a you know what I mean? Exactly. Ah, you know what I mean? So crazy, man. That's yeah, so. I, I, dude, you guys. If anybody's just interested in the behind the scenes shit, like I am, like I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm trying to. Nick always brings this brings this up, but I, I'm like, 
pretty good at like you know being the ringleader of the show but to listen to you guys talk about just the ins and outs and everything in the life minus like i'm that's why i brought up the sex I'm like oh we better talk about sex so in case there's the one person who's just jerking off of this we better talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> seriously yo they talk about some cool shit man <laughs> people, people want to hear how you fuck danny daniels or you know he fucked janine i usually stroke with my right hip you know like <laughs> well i'll tell you one thing it's 4.55 in the morning, and we started at 3 o'clock. So I know what's going to happen. There's going to be Seth Gamble Part 1 and Seth Gamble Part 2. Hey, dude, I nobody's going to listen to this fucking shit for two see, fucking I, hours. See, I fucking disagree. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I disagree 100% because I find this. Let me tell you something about myself that I fucking know for a fact. What I find interesting, everybody else finds interesting because I always did my fucking radio show the way I wanted to do it, talking about the shit that I wanted, and I thought it fascinating to listen to you guys talk. I did. I mean, there's fucking legends. On this no, podcast. man, it's a, it's an honor to to uh, just man. It's been an honor just knowing Nick and being getting to be a friend. And it really is. I'm not saying that. Well, I, smoke, I know, man. dude. I, I mean, I I always tell people. Uh, I guess the best that I can say about someone is that I'm very fond of them, and I'm very <laughs> fond of Seth Gamble. I call him a I'm friend. Very, yeah, man. because I mean, Seth knows, Mo knows. I'm not a people person. <laughs> No, right. I like being alone. I was an only child. I'm totally cool if everybody else disappears on the whole fucking planet. So if I, I see you, bro. you're my friend, you, that's a big fucking deal. I, I know. I know, man. I've always known. Dude, that's funny. I posted a picture of us on a... I uh, saw it. 2014 yeah. picture. It was from 2004. My birthday in 2014. Birthday. Yeah. Your birthday party. At El Torito. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. saw that. I saw that. I retweeted it on, uh, on both of our, uh, our our Twitter pages. So, listen, yeah, Seth, man. it has been – it's been awesome. This is a great – yeah, it, was, it was great to hear you guys talk about shit, man. It's to reminisce, to talk about, you know, the shit, you know, behind the scenes and everything else. It's been awesome. There's no doubt about it, man. What, what can we promote for you, Seth? What do you got going on? Your Twitter, your uh, – and by the way, could you do us a favor? Can you retweet the shit out of everything for us so we can get Nick's following base up? Because he, got- I do. I did. That's right. Every time you, you, if you tag everything, you tag me, and I will one hundred percent always. Because um, we, Nick needs help with uh, social media because he got fucked a couple times. So I well, would say, man, I you have so if, much. How do you, you have so much gift when there's too many imposters? Yeah, exactly. you have so many. You have so many gifts, like like from your scenes, like. I don't know if you have a I, I don't know who does that for you or who can do that, but create like gifts of of like moments in your scenes. They don't even have to be verbal, but like the, you, just watching certain clips, people will like that show go viral and you'll have a lot of followers. You get that some viral shit. Get, get, well, he's already been crazy viral, but yeah, get uh, I'm talking get, about for social media. For sure, yeah. Get, yeah, get yeah. Duke get Duke to put all that shit together, man, and then we'll put it on everything else. Seriously. All right. That's that's the best way to do that. But all right, Seth, what do you got going on, man? Uh, well, I'd say my Twitter, Seth Gamble, triple X. Uh, if you want, like, if, if you're a fan and you want to be on, uh, if you want to, you know, personalize stuff, custom stuff, uh, scenes that I've shot, uh, myself, uh, onlyfans.com slash Seth Gamble, triple X. Uh, you can see all of my, uh, newer stuff coming up is going to be on adulttime.com or wicked.com. Um, Nick, Nick, adult time. That's the one. Yeah. 
or uh, wicked.com are the two sites that I'm, those are the, that's the company I, I shoot for mostly. Obviously you can see everything else from every, all the rest of my catalog. Uh, my doc Johnson was just released. So you can buy that in stores around the country. Now it'll be online very soon. Uh, so all the ladies and uh, whoever else wants it can have their own personalized of my dick. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's got to make you feel great that there's a billion chicks out there banging themselves to your cock. I mean, I think I, dude, yeah, that's, that's an immortalized kind of thing. I was very proud. Oh, of, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, very proud of that. There's and, girls uh, all over the world who stick your dick in their pussy by proxy. That's awesome. It's incredible, man. It's incredible. Um, yeah, man, you can definitely, and you'll see a lot of stuff coming up. I'm coming, you know, I'm uh, upcoming the Batman triple X. I get to join the Batman team with Nick right. Manning. And, um, and yeah, man, and I, I got some, some cool stuff on the way feature wise and, and scene wise. And I'm also going to have some stuff I'm directing coming up as well. So I, it's a lot of cool stuff happening. So All right. uh, well, I, I got to tell you, man, it was, it was cool to hear you say that you wouldn't have come on the show or wouldn't have done a podcast. I think it's great to hear how Nick, you know, was kind of your mentor and everything else. And this whole thing is awesome. It makes me feel really, I'll be honest, cool to be a part of this because I've known Nick forever, but you know, to hear just, the influence he's had on people is awesome. So thank you for coming on, Seth. And then get get out Kenzie on too. We'd love to have her on. I'd love to. I'll I'll connect you too. Yeah, okay. for sure. All right, yeah. buddy boy. Well, hang on. I gotta. Well, there you go. Boom. I gotta finish everything here too. All right. So, oh. Of course, uh, Nick Manning. Of course, at Real Nick Manning on Twitter. At Real Nick Manning on MoneyBits and FanCentro and Just for Dodd fans. Uh, soon the website will be up at realdickmanning.com. Of course, drop it loads, MM on Twitter, drop it loads at Gmail, uh, drop it loads with Manning and Mo on gmail.com. And everywhere you hear your podcast, iTunes, and everything else, that's where we are. So awesome. Seth, thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome to have you on. Thank you so much, man. And Thanks, Nick, guys. You're a fucking pimp, dude. What a great interview. Dude, this is the, awesome. the pimp. I had, a, I had a good time. I mean, I love when you have my friends on. <laughs> it is so awesome to hear you guys just talk about the shit that like people don't like not many people have the, the the ability to hear that stuff i find it fascinating i really do it's awesome great great show today man you guys rock man thank you very much man all right Thanks, Seth. Man. take care bro right, talk to you soon talk to you soon brother see you guys awesome. and of Bye. course nick's uh uh the nfts you can get nick's nfts uh the last podcast we put up, if you check that out on iTunes at uh, Dropping Loads with Manning and Mo, we have the um, the website on there. And, of course, on Twitter and everything else, you can find out where you get Nick's brand new. There's a whole bunch of different pictures on the NFT, so make sure you check that out, too. All right, man. Dropping Loads with Manning and Mo. Nick, love you. Talk to you later. Seth, thanks for coming on, man. Love you guys. Love you guys. See you soon. Bye.